0: Welcome to Mister Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast, the podcast about two skeptics forced to podcast about conspiracy theories, paranormal activity, and all things bizarre. As always, I'm your co-host Arthur Stone, and with me, as always, is your co-host Andy
1: Heart. Wow, thank you, thank you. Happy to be here. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast, the only podcast in the world where two skeptics get trapped inside of a bunker every week in discrete situations and then are forced to podcast about paranormal, conspiracy theories, and all
0: things bizarre. Wow, Andy, what an intro. Um, Listeners, if you don't get the gist of the show... By now, there's no hope for you.
1: (laughs) Turn it off. (laughs) If you don't get it. If you don't get it by now, you will never, 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 never get it. So just turn it off and go outside.
0: Who sings that song? I don't know. (laughs) What a mystery. Uh, Folks, welcome. Uh, As both me and my co-host said... This is a podcast about two skeptics who are trapped in a bunker every week. The titular Mr. Bunker of Mr. Bunker's conspiracy time podcast captures Andy and I and traps us in his doomsday bunker and forces us to podcast about a conspiracy theory, a weird ghost story, an unsolved mystery, anything bizarre. And this week is no different. And, um, you know uh he what he wants to do is convince us and convince you the listener of these theories of the truth behind them speaking of the truth yeah lay it on us per
1: wikipedia If You Don't Know Me By Now is a song written by Kenny Gamble and Leon Huff and recorded by the Philly Soul musical group Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. It became their first hit after being released as a single in September 1972, topping the U.S. R&B chart and peaking at number three on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100.
0: Wow. Well, Andy, you know, the Billboard uh, Top 100 might be hot, but today Teddy Pendergrass was the lead vocalist. Teddy Bendergrass, lovely voice, fantastic singer, fantastic performer. Yeah. Um, you know, Andy, go ahead. We uh we took a trip to the Detroit Motown Museum, didn't we? We've been to the Motown Museum. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. We were
1: there ostensibly for the Detroit Improv Festival, but we did make a <laughs> side trip to the Motown Museum. That's all right. That's right. We weren't doing only comedy. <laughs> That's right, folks. Uh, our interests expand to all of the arts <laughs> that's right we're real Renaissance men we even went to the Heidelberg project which is the large art project in uh is that what it's called yeah it's like an art project did I say that right yeah an art project yeah where they took like that's what I'd call uh it. abandoned houses in part of Detroit abandoned houses abandoned houses and then inside the abandoned houses uh they just they've like painted on the outside they yeah. turned all of these otherwise run down properties into art installations it's neat
0: um mm-hmm. it, you know you can get out and look around um it's free i mean
1: it's a neat thing to do were you going somewhere with the motown thing though i kind of got distracted no i wasn't really going anywhere with being uh that. snobbish and proving to the listeners just how cultured
0: i am we are i was there too okay yeah but <laughs> you were there but i was did kind of i it? got more out yeah. you did. <laughs> you're a piece of shit uh, no, Andy, I was talking about the billboard top 100 and how hot it is. Oh, it
1: is one sexy fuckable chart.
0: <laughs> There's a chart I want to fuck. <laughs> it's billboard, the billboard top 100. 100. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, no, I think today, uh, bunker gave us a real hot topic to talk about. Ugh. He dropped a big old steamer on our chests. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have to. I don't know if his first name is
1: Carl cuz he dropped a hot one on us. A hot load of uh something we had to look into.
0: Uh listeners, you're in for a treat. This is our first two-part special. Um, ding, 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 ding. And the topic we're discussing today, how fitting that it comes right coincides right with
1: our 1 millionth episode. <laughs> That's right. We've done a million of these.
0: <laughs> Um, can't you tell? <laughs> uh, it feels like it. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Um, you know, uh, we're we're going to be discussing the Kennedy assassinations, not just JFK, but we're also going to be discussing uh, Robert Kennedy as well. Right. In a two part Kennedy assassination special. So,
1: folks, I mean, spoiler alert, we have to get captured again. <laughs> like it's okay just on a strategy part of bunker like this is a little overconfident for my liking like wow. he needs to stay humble because wow what does he assume he assumes okay he got us here one week he's like here's your assignment for the next two weeks okay this is like when a teacher We're leaving gives after you, uh... after today
0: like <laughs> yeah. he's gonna
1: have to bring us back
0: well we don't know that but I mean hmm. if history proves fine. I mean he'll
1: probably be I mean he's probably fine but like <laughs> I just
0: This is like when a teacher gives you like uh takeaway homework for like a long weekend or something you know.
1: Yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah,
0: it makes sense. The yeah. Listeners get it.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> listeners you love it. But listeners let us know about how much you like that
0: joke. <laughs> long-time listeners uh and first-time callers. Uh
1: you guys Who do know, we have on the phone by the way? Uh,
0: nobody. Stephanie? <laughs> This is Stephanie
1: from Plano. Stephanie, <laughs> you're live with Mr. Bunker's conspiracy
0: time. Come on, Stephanie, don't be shy. Stephanie, Plano, Texas. Wow, very relevant. It could be Plano, Illinois.
1: Oh, is there yeah, a Plano? Yeah, there's Plano, yeah. Illinois. Yeah. Anyway,
0: Andy, listeners know that every as you're as you were saying every week, Mr. Bunker captures us in a new peculiar, weird, bizarre way, almost as weird and bizarre as the theories that he makes us discuss. And, um, you know, as you're saying, every week it happens. Every week he captures us, forces us to podcast, and then lets us go. And then it's, as we've said, it's half on us, mostly on him, but it's a little bit on us as we I don't... wouldn't even
1: say it's half on us. It's it's 35% on us. <laughs> it's mostly him. Wow. Because... I mean, we don't do anything about it, we've though. We've not done anything, but... okay. <laughs> I I mean we're innocent it's like saying oh uh, oh if I walk up to you on the street and I punch you in the face it's like you didn't do anything to stop me but also I shouldn't do that that's on me
0: I well I have I have an I think you have a a greater share of the liability and you have anger issues I should have seen a doctor Um, Andy you know, let's let the listeners know. Every week we okay. like to let you guys know how Mr. Bunker captured us this week and how he duped us to, you know, it helps us feel a little bit better about how foolish we are.
1: You know, folks, there's there's an old axiom people use in this country. Sharing is caring. That's right. And it lets it helps us feel like you care about us. That's right. When we can t- tell you our problems. And much You're like our therapists. Yeah. Much much like much like in the rest of our lives, we get very little response uh from you. <laughs> Nevertheless, it helps to just say it out loud. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh this week is no different. You no. know, Andy, I'll let you in on uh how I was captured. Wow, okay. I was uh I was outside. It's been really lovely outside here in Chicagoland. Beautiful. Um some really beautiful weather, really nice, warm seventies. And I was outside, you know, cutting my grass and uh dealing with the um the foliage. The foliage, the French, as the French would say. feuillage, foliage, foliage, foliage. Um and so I was outside and I was trimming the bushes and mowing the lawn, and mm-hmm. and by bushes I mean my pubic hair.
1: <laughs> That's right, folks. Art was giving him a a Brazilian out in his backyard.
0: And by backyard, I mean his backyard, not his butthole. No. Um and as I was, you know. Not only are the humans out, but also mm-hmm. the animals, right? Chipmunks and, and yep, chipmunks, birdies, bunnies, bunnies. um, and hawks. bugs. Would you say hawks? Hawks? Yeah, oh yeah, I've seen hawks. I've seen a hawk before? Um, but the bugs are out as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The insects mm-hmm. they want to fly around, and especially the bees want to pollinate. They want to get down and dirty with some flowers.
1: That's mm-hmm. right. They want to rub their Thorax all over the flower That's
0: right They're fluffy little uh, They're f- fluffy little behinds mm-hmm. And um, this was no different and, and you know there's some large bumblebees out there But bumblebees don't sting Bumblebees are actually um, Very helpful And uh, they're, they're actually You know they're nice bugs They don't sting you They don't bother you They just want to go fuck some plants Some plants And then uh, be on their way And um, I saw a particularly large bumblebee isn't this honeybees, bumblebees? They're the same thing. Oh, okay. What do you mean? I don't know. I don't. Bumblebees are the f- taxonomically. I don't know thick, the difference. The, the thick ones and honeybees can sting. I think, but they kind of they all kind of do the same thing. I think. Okay. I don't know, dude. I'm not a fucking all right. beekeeper. Okay. Okay. All right. Just because I like honey. <laughs> yeah, you're more like Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, than you are a I don't wear pants. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I have a big red shirt that just says Pooh. P O O. I've been trying to get that nickname to stick for a while. People just don't seem to want to call me Pooh.
1: No matter how many times you say oh bother. Yeah. When people point out oh, that your bother. genitals are exposed.
0: Oh bother. I, I I turned down and I'm like, no, that's Piglet. I'm like, what's your penis doing hanging out? And I'm like, that's Piglet. <laughs> God, Eeyore. T T F N. <laughs> yeah ta-ta for now fucker trying to talk to piglet you want to pet him (laughs) don't touch my piglet hey don't touch my piglet uh anyway bumblebees they're out and about and i saw a particularly large one and it was floating towards me and as it got closer i started to realize that's a weird looking bumblebee Mm mm-hmm You know, bumblebees have, like most bugs, like three legs, I think. Do they? Yeah, they got like, you know. Six. Six legs. Three on one side, three three on the other. Three plus three. Three plus three. Math. Yeah. And uh, this one only had two arms. And, you know, I started to realize that it wasn't exactly flying so much as it was held up by like fishing wire. Uh, And then I was like. This is suspicious. This is starting to get a little weird. And so I turned around to get some bug spray yeah. that I just kind of kept handy with me. And before I know it, this motherfucker, it was Bunker. He turned around, he shoved his bumblebee ass into my back. He had a stinger. Oh. He stung oh me. He stung you? He stung me, and I immediately fell asleep. It was some sort of chloroform, I don't know, like uh, anesthesia type. He
1: gave you an epidural. <laughs> <laughs> he gave you a yeah. honeybee epidural. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He gave me his uh, honey bunches of oats, and uh, I passed out real, real hard. Yeah, and um, then I woke up, and here I was. Wow. So yeah, he bumblebee stung me. Oh bother! Um, oh bother indeed. And uh, yeah, here uh, here I have been awaiting you, and I arrived uh,
1: after you. That's right. Um. <clears throat> Uh, you know, listeners, you don't know this, but Art, you know this because you know me because I know you. Um, I uh, something I enjoy doing at home is
0: cooking. That's right. Uh, I like you to love cook. to cook, and you have a famous chili that you make way too fucking hot. <laughs> okay, it's <laughs> uh, listeners, it's the right level of hot. It's, it's delicious, it's fucking hot. It's delicious. Uh, it's good. The meat is tender. Yeah. There's a lot of savory flavors, but it is fucking hot. Yeah, it's delicious. Cuz you're you're a you're a man who loves heat. I like the I like to bring the spice. You love that movie. Um
1: and so at home I'm uh you know, I often when I have the opportunity, I take the uh cooking responsibility. That's right. For my family. Your wife is also a lovely cook. She's very good. Better than I probably. Yeah, uh, but you you're you're no slouch. I'm not a slouch. Um So the other day I was um, I was getting ready to uh, make dinner. Um, You know, I was going to make some uh, pork chops and uh, roasted vegetables. We had some vegetables around, asparagus and cauliflower and some grape tomatoes. Ooh, Uh, And so, you know, very easy. Throw them on a sheet pan, pop them in the oven, uh, let them get all toasty. Um, so I'm getting stuff ready. Um, I opened the refrigerator and I'm looking for the, uh, asparagus. We had like two bunches of ex- asparagus. Right. But they must've, uh, they must've gotten in the back of the fridge. So I'm like looking for them and I slide, uh, some Mediterranean food leftovers out of the way. Okay. And there's two eyes looking back at me.
0: Oh, my God. All of a sudden, the
1: crisper drawers pop out and pull me into the refrigerator.
0: A real St. Crispin's Day. It was. Okay.
1: (laughs) I'll take your word for that one. The bunker was my refrigerator. Oh,
0: he was your refrigerator. Yeah, and your refrigerator has been on the fritz as of recent, right? Well, a, a while, a few months, a ago. a while ago. Yeah. I remember it, uh, it's it a, completely died. It died. Yeah. <laughs> it so it would have been him. We got a new one. Yeah.
1: I mean, he probably, he probably was in cahoots with it dying, and he made a suit out of a refrigerator, just waiting to spring this on me. Wow. So yeah, you eat then, your food. Yeah. Well, not all of it, but now it's all rotten because, you know, he walked out of the, he walked out of my apartment as the refrigerator.
0: Oh God, all your food is spoiled. Yeah, it's
1: all, it's all bad. All your jars
0: of piss that you keep in there.
1: So, so many jars of piss that will go unused now because it's not kept, been kept cold.
0: Listeners, that's Andy's secret to make it a great chili. He puts his own urine in there.
1: Listeners, okay, Art's being facetious here um, <laughs> oh boy, with the jars of piss in the fridge. But fun story about me, oh boy. I actually have had a jar of, piss, of my own piss in the refrigerator before. You had a before. jug. A jug, yeah. A great big jug. Um, I had to do a 24-hour piss collection for some medical tests. And so what they do is they give you a big jug that light can't penetrate. <laughs> and you have to keep it in your refrigerator to keep it cool. And uh, I, you know, pissed in the jug for 24 hours and then <laughs> lovingly placed it in the refrigerator with all of my groceries, which is a great feeling. Um, you and, labeled it lemonade. Yeah. Amanda yeah, drinks so much of it. <laughs> um, and then I had to take it back to the doctor's office for them to test it. And presumably the person that worked at the doctor's office is a medical professional and has probably had to deal with people bringing stuff into the lab before she acted like I was radioactive. Like I had this paper bag with a jug of my own urine in it. And I mean, I took it on the bus. It was on the bus with me, which I mean, I was probably one of the few people on the bus who didn't just spill their urine all over the bus,
0: but <laughs> most people on public transit yeah. are carrying jars of piss, but they spill them. But They spill them. <laughs> and I didn't spill a drop. And, and this, uh, okay, most women, the, the person at
1: the doctor's office just acted like I was, Disgusting. Like, uh, it
0: could have been a lot of. She other wouldn't
1: reasons. have gotten within a. She could didn't get within two feet of me. Like, <laughs> she, well, I mean, you had a big jug of piss. Dude. She was like, "There's the lab. Drop it off over there." And she'd like, from down the hallway, just like pointed at the door and like ducked into a doorway to be away from me. I mean, I don't know if she thought I was going to like unscrew the cap and splash it. I mean,
0: maybe you kind of look like that. I look like a piss splasher. Yeah, you have dead cold eyes of a piss splasher. You're a mm. piss freak. I'm not. I'm Listeners. Not. Listeners, if you think Andy's a big old piss freak, let us know. Tweet at us. Tweet at us. At
1: Mr. Bunker Pod. <laughs> let us Use know. Use the hashtag Andy's a piss freak. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Speaking of
0: piss freaks, Mr. Let's Bunker.
1: Talk- oh. <laughs> we're-, we we're gonna start talking about JFK.
0: <laughs> we were. We are. Oh. Um listeners, we have arguably we don't have a jug of piss. We have the holy grail of piss today i mean arguably the jfk assassination is the the godfather of all conspiracy theories wouldn't you say andy I, you it's know, monumental it is like the first one i think that when you consider the political climate
1: in which jfk was assassinated and you consider the circumstances surrounding his assassination i, I don't i definitely don't think that it's the first conspiracy theory but I think that it's probably the first conspiracy theory that really took hold of people in a popular way. That it moved it moved a conspiracy theory from the fringes to something popular.
0: Something that something, yes, yeah, something that a lot of people believed and something that could actually happen. I mean, we will get into this, but the JFK assassination was um, you know, the kind of the first modern assassination i mean william mckinley was assassinated but that was in like what 1900 1901 maybe yeah 1901 um there wasn't television back then it, there, you know this was the modern era we had tv we had radio we had, people were more connected than ever and to everyone everyone knew where they were when jfk was assa- when they heard the news that jfk was assassinated and so this conspiracy um listeners you're in for you're in for a big one. I mean, this is this is a, we when we tell you we're going to give you the whole enchilada, we fucking mean it. And you're getting a, this is this is almost a burrito. You're getting a huge. This is almost a chimichanga. You're eating a whole nine by twelve platter. <laughs> you're eating the entire pan of enchiladas, the sheet pan of enchiladas. Here, listeners, uh, we scoured you know all the biggest Pots and pans, all the biggest theories involving this. We give you the history. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Lee Harvey Oswald. We're going to talk about, um, and we're going to talk about some some recent um, evidence and some recent data yeah. concerning the um, concerning the 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 conspiracy. And we're going to let you decide for yourselves. But you know what, Andy? I don't want to waste any more time. No, you know these listeners are hungry, and they we need to give them this all these enchiladas. <laughs> they, they want to eat enchiladas, and we've got to serve them up on a platter. So listeners, without further ado, please enjoy our episode on the JFK Assassination. president john f kennedy what comes to mind first
1: all right i'll tell you what comes to mind first yeah i've got a couple of thoughts i'm gonna throw at you okay but the very first thing and look i know you're gonna drag me for this but i'm saying it anyway the very first thing that comes to my mind when i think about jfk is the beach boys song the warmth of the sun okay Written in the immediate wake of JFK's assassination. Wow. Well, that makes sense. I but mean, you know what else I think about when I think about JFK? No. I mean, I think of a lot of things. Philandering. Okay. Uh, drug abuse. Okay. I think to maybe more controversially, in a way, he's kind of lucky that he got murdered wow.
0: so young. Well, he was the youngest president we've ever had, and I'll st- or one of them.
1: And I'll tell you why. Mm. People had a lot of hope, right, for right. JFK, for his administration. Right. He didn't live long enough to disappoint people on a mass scale, <laughs> that is- which is undoubtedly what would have happened.
0: <laughs> Andy, uh, I would expect no less of you to give a very cynical <laughs> view on a man that we're about to talk who was assassinated. Well, you know, I'll be honest. I feel...
1: <clears throat> Okay. Think about the difference between between John Lennon and Paul McCartney. Right. Like, some people think Paul's a hack now. They do? Nobody thinks that about John Lennon. John I don't Lennon know. died. John Lennon died early enough before he had a chance to make a lot of bad music, which well, he mean, almost certainly would have done.
0: Yeah, but has I mean I think people still really appreciate Paul McCartney. and Yeah, they do. When he does live tours. The man can still He's sing. A lot of
1: really bad music,
0: though. I guess so. But I think people are also kind of discovering a little bit more about the man who was John Lennon. Yeah. Which, you know, the internet digs up everything. But yeah. Back to JFK. Um, it's interesting that you say that, Andy. And, and we're not going to shy away from talking about some of these things, but... Let's give the listeners a little idea, a little uh, just a brief background into JFK before we start jumping into the assassination, right? Let's
1: tell let's tell the listeners who was JFK.
0: Well, who he was, Andy. John F Kennedy or JFK um was the 35th president of these United States of America. Amen. <laughs> to the republic for which it stands. Uh and his presidency was marked by a variety of tensions and crises, like you said. He had the Cold War, the war in Vietnam, the Civil Rights Movement, the Bay of Pigs fiasco, the Cuban Missile Crisis. All of these and more took place within Kennedy's tenure as president. Kennedy, the man, was revered. He was charismatic, Andy. He was handsome. He was a political powerhouse. I mean, you have a lot to say, but these were things that I think the public saw of him. But like you said, behind closed doors, he was stricken with immense back pain from a you know, a back injury that never healed, and his war service, and he had a terrible addiction to amphetamines. None of this stopped Kennedy in politics, though, Andy. In fact, did you know, And uh, Kennedy never lost an election. That's a fun fact. JFK was by no means perfect, but his presidency and legacy left a certain mystique about him.
1: I agree. And, uh, Art, I think that the... The mythos surrounding Kennedy is part of the reason why his assassination has so captivated both conspiracy goers and skeptics alike. That's right. Uh, so many Americans were torn apart at the news of his death. It was it was their generation's 9-11, or, or maybe more, more accurately, 9-11 was our generation's Kennedy assassination. That's true. Uh everyone knew where they were and what they were doing when they heard the news of Kennedy's assassination. My parents can still tell you exactly what was happening. Oh,
0: maybe Kennedy we'll Marshall. get into that. Uh
1: okay, well, I didn't prepare for that, so <laughs> we better not. <laughs> okay. Uh and I think uh I think a lot of people uh were left wondering after Kennedy was assassinated, what if? That's right. What Just if like he survived? Said. Yeah. What would he have what could he have accomplished in his second term? That he never got to have. This is a man who was unlike any president we've seen. I mean, a lot different than most of the presidents that have been in office in our lifetime. (laughs) That's true. uh, JFK (laughs) was immensely popular.
0: I I think that's an understatement. Um, He he and his wife were fashion icons. Their family was, on the outside, perfect and well-behaved. And the guy was handsome. He was well-educated. He was a war hero. On paper, this dude was unstoppable. He even made like, you know, people forget this, but he made vehemently Protestant states who hated Roman Catholics, who thought the idea of a Roman Catholic president, he made them vote for him. JFK was a juggernaut. Yeah, yeah. But uh, this begs the question, Art, if he was so great, why would anyone want to kill him? Well, that is a great question. And listeners, while JFK's policies made him a popular president, It also gave a lot of motive to his rivals. Cuban exiles angered by the missile crisis and Bay of Pigs. Hostile racists angered by the civil rights movement. The Soviets with whom Kennedy had dueled in the Cold War. Political opponents done with Kennedy's seemingly inability to lose. And CIA and Pentagon hardliners fed up with Kennedy's policies to de-escalate their programs. And even organized crime, Andy, who allegedly... Helped Kennedy secure the win for the presidency. And uh, helped, no less, uh, (laughs) Art, for our, our,
1: uh, this is a Chicago-based podcast for our Chicago listeners, by swinging the great state of Illinois to Kennedy's favor, no less. That's right. Hard to imagine Illinois being a swing state, but (laughs) there you have it. The 60s were a different time.
0: That's right, Andy. Hey, welcome to Illinois politics. Illinois, four of the last of our seven governors have gone to prison.
1: Uh, (laughs) Ah, God bless Illinois.
0: <laughs> um, Andy, why don't you tell the listeners, though, why don't we look in a little bit about JFK's enemies? What, uh, what does that mean for these conspiracies? Okay, yes.
1: Yes, Art. The uh, The list of, of JFK's so-called enemies are the basis for each conspiracy we'll be covering in this week's episode. But first, let's do the listeners some justice by delivering a steaming hot plate of... Not half. Not half. But the whole enchilada. Let's outline all the details of Kennedy's tragic assassination for the listeners. That's right. So to start, we need a baseline of events to understand the conspiracies they spawned. Why was JFK even in Dallas, Texas, to begin with? Well, listeners, Kennedy had begun campaigning for re-election already. Uh, this was in 1963. Texas was an important state that JFK needed to secure the win in 1964. So a long election cycle is not just a modern phenomenon. That's right. Uh, Texas was also the home state of JFK's vice president and eventual successor, Lyndon Baines Johnson. More on that later. Oh, there will be. Teaser. The governor of Texas was John Connolly, a more conservative Democrat who was feuding with other more liberal members of the Democratic Party in Texas. Kennedy was there on site to smooth things over and try to unite the party so that the Democratic ticket could secure a win.
0: That's right. So on November 22nd, 1963, JFK, his wife Jackie, and Governor Connolly and his wife Nellie get into a 1961 Lincoln Continental four-door convertible limousine. It's a mouthful. In the driver and passenger seats were two special agents, you know, driving the car. So in the middle row, on the left hand or driver's side, was Governor Connolly's wife, Nellie. Governor Connolly was uh, seated next to her on the right. Um, In the back, on the left, was Jackie Kennedy. And on the right was JFK. In front and in back of their cars uh, were, you know, vehicles driven by Secret Service. And there was a police motorcade and... You know, the whole thing. But it was a opened uh it was a open top limousine. They were completely exposed.
1: And this is uh just for clarity listeners, this means the order was Connolly in front of JFK and then next to them, That's on, right. on their left sides, uh Nelly in front and Jackie in the back. That's right. So just keep that in mind. Uh the route that they took, the motorcade route, was decided on earlier. They wanted to drive through downtown Dallas and pick a route to maximize building and crowd views. The motorcade ended with a trip around Dealey Plaza. Uh, They started on Main Street, turned right onto Houston Street. Okay, New York City, Houston Street, not Houston. (laughs) Then turned, uh, they continued for one block, then turned left onto Elm Street, passing the Texas Book Depository Building. School book depository
0: building. Hey, that's important to note.
1: That's right. Uh, Elm Street then fed into the freeway, which would have concluded the motorcade. But of course, Art, as we know now, they never made it
0: to the freeway. No, uh, Andy, they did not. And when the president arrived in Dallas, the crowds were estimated to be around 150 to 200,000 strong. You know, like I said, people really loved JFK, even in a controversial state such as Texas, where... The Democratic Party didn't have as much of a stronghold. The president even made two unplanned stops to greet more people, but they were they were running relatively on time. I mean, maybe like five or ten minutes late, but everything was going really smoothly. The motorcade entered Dealey Plaza around 12:30 p.m., and Nellie Connolly turned to the president and said, "Mr. President, you can't say Dallas doesn't love you." And he replied, "No." You certainly can't. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but
1: those were the last words he ever spoke. No, we're, uh, you are uh, certainly can't. <laughs>
0: it's pretty good. Uh, anyway. Those were the last words he ever spoke, though, Andy, <laughs> as, we, as we sit here and mock his accent. <laughs> the car made the planned left turn onto Elm Street when suddenly shots were fired at the president. How many shots, you ask? Well, that's up for debate. But at the very least... Two shots actually injured the president. The first struck him in the back of the neck, and the second dealt a fatal blow to his head, spraying a mist of blood, brain, and bone fragment all over the limousine and, unfortunately, all over his his wife as well. It's very gruesome.
1: Truly, uh, truly, yes, uh, a gruesome scene. Art, um, and somewhere in the chaos of all this happening, Governor Connolly himself was also shot and injured in multiple locations. He was shot in the back, below the right armpit. The bullet exited in front of him, shattering some ribs below his right nipple. Now, this is up for debate, and we will discuss it later, but his right wrist was also struck, shattering his bones, uh, possibly by the same bullet. Uh, That will be heavily discussed later. And then a bullet was lodged in his left
0: thigh. Again, possibly... The same bullet. It's called the single slash magic bullet theory, and we will 100% be discussing it later. In footage of the assassination, namely the infamous Zapruder film, immediately after the fatal blow strikes JFK in the head, Jackie Kennedy is seen attempting to crawl out the back of the limo as Secret Service agents attempt to, well, a single Secret Service agent attempts to swarm in and protect her and, 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 and I don't know, protect the president. You know, eventually she returns to her seat and the limo rushes off to the hospital where the president was pronounced dead at 1 p.m. Um, in In later interviews, actually, Jackie Kennedy says that she has no recollection of climbing, trying to climb out the back or what she was trying to do. Or um, some some even say that she was attempting to pick up pieces of of JFK's skull and bring the, them back uh, the their,
1: Secret Service agent that jumped on the back of the car said that. Yeah that she was reaching for parts of JFK's skull that were on the back of the
0: car. Uh, it's it's truly, uh, you know, it, it, it's not for the faint of heart to watch that film. But um, anyway, a spectator named James Tagg um, was also injured when a bullet fragment deflected off the curb and struck him in the cheek. Also more on him later. All right, Andy, so that's it for the motorcade. So why don't we fill in the listeners about the aftermath and how all of this led to this Oswald fella?
1: Ah, yes, it is my great pleasure to do so. Art. (laughs) Um, So uh, immediately after the assassination, police and spectators swarmed the, the now famous or infamous grassy knoll to the North of Elm street, but uh, no sniper was found there. Although many witnesses reported hearing shots fired from the knoll. Meanwhile, a bystander who was sitting across the street from the Texas school book depository building notified police that after he heard the first shot ring out from above, he looked up toward the building and saw a man with a rifle, take another shot from the corner window on the sixth floor. He also said he saw this shooter looking out the window minutes earlier before the assassination. He gives the police a description and the police radio out radio it out at 1245, 12.48 and 12.55
0: p.m. So while the bystander is giving the police this description, two workers who worked at the school book depository building come up and say that they were watching the motorcade from the fifth floor and reported hearing gunshots, the sound of a bolt action rifle and cartridges dropping on the floor above them. The police begin to seal off the exits to the building on the sixth floor. They indeed find bullet casings three and a bolt action rifle. They took count of the building's employees and found that Oswald was missing. Thus, they had the prime suspect confirmed. From the radio descriptions, Officer J.D. Tippett spotted Oswald three miles away from Dealey Plaza. He attempts to summon Oswald to his car, but as the officer uh, exits the vehicle, Oswald shoots him four times, murdering him. Multiple eyewitnesses saw this take place, and Oswald once again flees the scene. Oswald is then
1: next spotted by a shoe store manager who thinks Oswald is suspicious as he ducks into the Texas theater without paying. The manager and the ticket clerk at the theater radio the police at about one forty p.m. So the police arrive and they arrest Oswald, who resists and attempts to do what, I mean, frankly, is getting old at this point, yeah. <laughs> uh, and shoot them with his
0: gun. But he fails. Yeah, Oswald, Oswald uh, denies shooting anyone, of course, right. and, and claims his innocence, but... After spending two nights in jail, he was being transported to the county prison to await trial when a local Dallas nightclub owner, Jack Ruby, walks up to him while they're transporting him out of the jail and shoots Oswald point blank in the chest. Oswald was rushed to the same hospital uh, as Kennedy and pronounced dead. Now, before we jump into the congressional response to Kennedy's assassination, let's take a quick look at the story of lee harvey oswald
1: yes let's so oswald was a weird narcissistic little murdering dude (laughs) now uh oswald was born in new orleans in 1939 he then moved to dallas when he was five and most people who knew him described him as withdrawn and temperamental so very flattering (laughs) uh at age 12 he lived briefly with his half-brother in new york where he allegedly hit his mother and threatened his half-brother's wife with a knife Wife with a knife. He's right. bit of too. poetry, folks. Yeah. Uh, he's a, he was a poet and didn't know it. But his feet show it. Longfellow. Uh, while in New York, a psychiatrist Oswald was seeing described him as immersed in a, quote, vivid fantasy life, turning around the topics of omnipotence and power, through which Oswald tries to compensate for his present shortcomings and frustrations. Wow. End quote. Which, uh, <laughs> I mean... To be fair, honestly, this is something he has in common with all comedians. Including us. <laughs> hey, oh yeah. Uh, uh,
0: so uh, hmm. in high school, back in Texas, Oswald starts getting really into communist Marxist literature, as you do at that age. Oh, we've all been there. <laughs> Eventually, he drops out of high school and joins the Marines at age 17, where he trains as a sharpshooter. And to be fair, he was a decent shot. hmm Too bad, but he was a shit soldier. Oswald got in a ton of trouble for a bunch of stuff like accidentally shooting himself in the arm with a gun. Oops, oops. Fighting with his superior officer. I can't help it. I have to shoot things. Randomly shooting his rifle out into the air when he wasn't supposed to be. (laughs) There's so many times when you're a Marine that they just ask you to fire wildly into the air. He He was guarding something or he was supposed to be standing watch and he was just like shooting out into the jungle. It's like... All right, dude. Meanwhile, he's still spouting off pro-Soviet propaganda and he's trying to learn Russian. Eventually, he's discharged from the Marines claiming his mother was sick and, you know, that she needed his help. Except art that was a fucking lie. <laughs> he defected to the Soviet
1: Union on a one-week visa and begged for citizenship. The Soviets were kind of like, "Why would you want to why would you want that?" Quit it. No. <laughs> so, how's my... I was very good. Yeah, thank you. So, Oswald uh, cut himself to uh, shock his tourist guide into extending his visa, and he did, by staying in a mental hospital. <laughs> so, eventually, the Soviets were like, whatever, <laughs> and they send him off to Minsk in Belarus to work in a radio military equipment factory. Uh, while there, he becomes close with a co-worker, asks her to marry him, As you do, Uh, she rejects him, and suddenly Oswald wants to go home. He wrote that the Soviet Union was drab, and he was disillusioned with living there. But then he meets a 19-year-old student, marries her six weeks later, has a kid, then secures immigration papers for them to return to the USA.
0: Jeez Louise. So back in the States, Oswald really starts to spiral. Using the name A. Hiddle, he purchases the Carcano Carcano bolt-action rifle and pistol that he later used to commit his assassination and murder. But before JFK, Oswald attempted to to kill a retired U.S. major general. Then he kind of like ditches his wife and kid and starts traveling around spreading pro-communist Cuban propaganda. Uh, you know, at one point he ended, he was in like New Orleans and Dallas. He ends up in Mexico trying to immigrate to Cuba unsuccessfully. Eventually, he winds up back in Dallas where our history lesson began.
1: Um, one other quick fact. Can I, can I throw yeah, this at yeah, the listeners? Art? Uh, that Carcano bolt action rifle that Oswald purchased, um, that was actually purchased from uh, Kirk sporting goods mm-hmm. here in lovely Chicago, Illinois, 227 West Washington. <laughs> That's right. uh, so um, for listeners, uh, Chicago has a great history of uh, long distance gun violence. And uh, I'd like to think that this is another proud piece in that history. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Enough Oswald. Let's plant our feet and get into how the government reacted to and investigated Kennedy's assassination, shall we? The Warren Commission was established on November 29th, 1963 by newly sworn in President Lyndon B. Johnson. Johnson, by the way, was sworn in on Air Force One on the way back from Dallas to D.C., We'll hear a little bit more about that next week. That's right. Um, The commission was comprised of the following members. Earl Warren, chief justice of the Supreme Court of the United States, senators, Richard Russell and John Sherman Cooper, U S representatives, Hale Boggs and U S representative and future president, Gerald Ford, former president of the world bank, John J. McCloy and make note here, listeners head of the
0: CIA Alan Welsh Dulles, ah, our old friend from our NK Ultra episode. Hello, Alan. (laughs) (laughs) If you're out there listening, Alan, if you're listening, get at us, tweet us, Alan. Um, What's going on? (laughs) Surely, Andy, there's no funny business when he's involved. Uh, Anyway, the commission concluded on September 24th, 1964, with a 888-page report that was made crazy eights. That's right. Three days later, the commission also. Also, published 26 volumes of supporting documents, including 552 witness depositions and 3,100 exhibits. It's important to note, listeners, however, that certain parts of the commission records have been sealed away and continue to be sealed away to this very day, even with the Freedom of Information Act and the JFK Records Act of
1: 1992. Wow. Hidden files? Who would have thought this would spawn a conspiracy
0: theory? Hart, <laughs> <laughs> Just you wait, Andy. Just you <laughs> wait. So the report concluded 13 different findings, uh, but we'll kind of mash it all together. Here's the main conclusions. One, Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone and there was no grassy knoll shooter. Two, Lee Harvey Oswald fired three shots. One missed. One injured the president and also injured Governor Connolly. And the third, the final shot, fatally struck the president in the head, killing him. Now, that second sentence is important here. The same bullet that injured the president also injured Connolly, the magic single bullet theory. The third conclusion, there was no evidence of a conspiracy between anyone involved, not Lee Harvey Oswald, not Jack Ruby, nor any of the government agencies or crime or mob families. Um, That's what they concluded, Andy.
1: Art, for the listener's benefit, I'd also like to throw out this tidbit that I found interesting, that the young attorney working for the Warren Commission who proposed the single bullet theory uh, was none other than longtime Pennsylvania Senator Arlen Specter. Oh. Just saying. That's a nice fact. Anywho. anywho, uh, (laughs) so, So that's it then, Art. Case closed, right? The Warren Commission stated Oswald acted alone. Well, Andy, but did he now? But did he now? (laughs) Art, did he act alone? Did he act at all? What sparks the bonfire of skepticism with this tragedy? What shady evidence
0: makes JFK the holy grail of conspiracy theories? Well, Andy, I've got two reasons, and I know you have another. So, but let's get to mine first. Kennedy had a botched autopsy. Not a different word that I accidentally said in a different take. (laughs) After he was pronounced dead, the doctors in Dallas wanted to conduct an autopsy, which is which is what you're supposed to do, if if they bring in, they're supposed to immediately conduct an autopsy,
1: legally required. Um, to legally do so.
0: required to do so, but the Secret Service wasn't having any of that. They wanted to take the body back to Washington D.C. for the autopsy. So the doctors in Dallas and the Secret Service quarrel, and you know eventually the Secret Service win, and they they take Kennedy's body. It was flown back to D.C. Where his autopsy was performed by two Navy doctors who honestly didn't have sufficient evidence to conduct the autopsy there was you know they they barely got time to look at it they didn't have the they got to look at the photographs the Dallas doctors took like one time it was very rushed and just wasn't these doctors also weren't very like skilled I think in in the 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 Navy doctors weren't as skilled in in autopsies as these Dallas doctors they didn't were. have like a forensics that's right background um you know you know, this this basically means you know that they didn't have kennedy's clothes or they didn't have a really strong understanding of what happened because you know they just kind of had his body in you know, another reason um that i think that this has spawned so many conspiracy theories is that four of the seven members of the warren commission later stated that they had doubts of the validity of the findings that you know one oswald acted alone and two That the single bullet injured both JFK and Connolly. Art, you just said it.
1: The second and arguably most peculiar finding with the Warren Report is its single bullet theory, also known as the magic bullet theory, which magic bullet I think is some kind of a Food processor or juicer. <laughs> I think I uh, own one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the report states that uh, the Warren Commission report states that Oswald shot his rifle from the sixth floor of the school book depository building and it entered JFK's body, exited it, and then struck Connolly in front of him, exited his body as well, and then enters his right wrist, exits, and finally lodges itself into his thigh.
0: We don't want to, you know, this is one determined bullet and, and, and we and We want to break it down for you listeners because it's important to understand this. So let's break it down play by play. Art's going
1: full Pat Summerall here.
0: (laughs) That's right. Number one, the bullet traveling at a downward angle from the sixth floor of the school book depository building uh, enters JFK's neck and exits through the front of his throat. Two, the bullet travels three feet, which is the distance between JFK and Connolly's seats. Man, such a roomy car. Oh yeah, plenty of room. It was a big, nice limousine. Yeah, it's a president, Andy. Three, it enters Connolly's back below his right armpit and exits in front, uh, below his right nipple. Four, traveling downwards still, the bullet enters Connolly's right wrist, which was resting on his left thigh, and then exits his wrist. And five, the bullet is finally lodged shallowly into Connolly's left thigh.
1: This single magic bullet theory was immediately questioned by many people. And it is arguably the most debated topic on the JFK assassination. It is the catalyst for the number one conspiracy, the second shooter on the Grassy Knoll. Arguably one of the most important pieces of evidence in this case is the Zapruder film, a home movie shot by Dallas resident Abraham Zapruder. He had a clear vantage point and kept his camera relatively steady on the limousine as it drove down Elm Street, capturing the entire assassination, like despite the fact that shots are ringing out and people are shocked. He kept that camera trained. And it's pretty remarkable. The actually. footage. Yeah. Watch the footage because it is incredible.
0: Well, but first I do want to give viewer discretion. Obviously, if you it's, don't like blood and gore, it
1: literally does show Kennedy's
0: head yeah. exploding. Yeah. Do so, not, do not watch it, but you can watch it. it we, we will link to it in the description.
1: Incredible that he got the shot. So, so all right, now, now I'm personally, I'm no Rudy Toody point and shooty guy, but the Zapruder film captures a frame or picture every one 18th of a second. At frame 313 of the film, you can see the bloody red mist of the fatal headshot on JFK. The earliest sign of trouble in the motorcade comes at frame 225. Kennedy has clearly been hit in that frame. You can see him clutching his chest, right, his, right. his neck. Connolly doesn't show any signs of being hurt until frames 235 through 240. At frame 210, we can see JFK and Connolly in the limousine under no duress the car disappears behind a sign obscuring Zapruder's view until frame 225 when they emerge and Kennedy is clearly hurt. Thus, between frames 210 and frame 240, give or take, both men are shot. We have 30 Zepruder frames between when the men are fine and when they are both hurt. In real time, that's 1.6 seconds.
0: Now, listeners... I'm no Rudy Tootie point and shooty guy, but FBI tests of the Carcano M91 bolt action rifle used by Oswald to fire the shots needs 2.3 seconds in order to fire two shots. Now, this is taking into account that he would have one in the chamber. He shoots it, it misses, pulls the bolt back, loads in a new it loads in a new round, pulls the bolt forward, fires. 2.3 seconds. Thus, between frames. 210 and 240, Oswald would not have enough time to get off a shot on Kennedy, reload, and then shoot Connolly. Thus, they came up with the idea of the, single theory, of the single bullet theory and also the second gunman. Because if the single bullet theory doesn't make any sense, then it has to be a second gunman, right? In fact, Connolly, an avid hunter and former military man himself, believed that the first shot did not miss Kennedy but hit him instead, and the second shot hit, hit Connolly. Says hit him, but based on the rifle, we we know that can't be true. Connolly also believed there may have been a second gunman, so this is further corroborated by spectator of of spectators to the assassination, James Tagg. Um, Tagg was struck in the cheek by a fragment that could have been a bullet, as a mark similar to ones left by errant bullet fragments was found on a curb near where he was standing, which was very close to the motorcade. Uh, Tag testified before the Warren Commission claiming that based on what he heard, the second shot struck him. Now, one reason the single bullet theory is called the magic bullet theory doesn't have to do with it being a food processor. It is that the supposed second shot bullet, the, the one lodged into Connolly's thigh, the single bullet, was found on his hospital gurney when they took Connolly in for surgery. It was in very pristine condition. It was a little squished, hot dog style, meaning lengthwise. But other than that, the bullet had no outside scratchings or markings. Hot dog? That is one wild bullet, baby. Hot indeed, Andy. In fact, the single bullet theory was so hotly debated that a House Select Committee on Assassinations was tasked to take a second look at the evidence of the JFK assassination in
1: 1976 fun fact they also looked into martin luther king jr's assassination a future episode for sure
0: oh for sure this new committee examined audio this was you know this new committee was actually formed in uh, i think the late 70s so they had a little bit better technology at the time and one thing they took a look at was audio from a police officer's radio microphone stuck in the uh a police officer on the motorcade uh His his microphone was stuck in the open position, so it captured the entire assassination. The analysis concluded that there were six different areas in the audio that displayed similar waveforms to that of gunshots. But the majority of the new committee concluded that, while the Warren Commission did a good job, there were varying degrees of competency. They also concluded the following. One, that Kennedy was probably assassinated as a result of a conspiracy, but not one linked to any governments or crime organizations. Two, they think there were four shots fired. Three, it is highly probable that there was a second shooter at the Grassy Knoll, but this shooter missed their shot. Four, the single bullet theory is true, but happened at a different time than previously believed in the Zapruder film.
1: Now, listeners, regardless of their conclusions... Lee Harvey Oswald is still the man that killed the president. He may or may not have conspired with his grassy knoll buddy, but he struck the fatal blow. But that doesn't mean there aren't a bunch of loose ends and weird evidence in this single bullet theory. Did Oswald act alone? If not, who was the grassy knoll shooter?
0: Andy, I knoll. One thing's for certain, Bravo. Thank you. The House Select Committee on Assassinations didn't, doesn't believe that there were any conspiracies involving governments or crime bosses, but that doesn't stop people from making a bunch of wild accusations. Should we dig into some? Oh, you better believe it, brother. (laughs) Let's
1: turn our attention to our old friend, LBJ, Lyndon Baines Johnson, uh, who was an imposing, ruthless and confident politician. Oh yeah. There are stories about him giving the quote Johnson treatment, to bend other politicians to his will, he'd get in their personal space, towering over them with his six-foot, three-inch frame. And Johnson had this uh, this internal gift, this ability to look at people and instantly know their wants and fears and use that info to manipulate them.
0: LBJ listeners was a big inspiration for Frank Underwood on House of Cards. There are also stories of him bringing people into the bathroom with him to continue conversations, which... You know, Andy, aside from eating a raw steak Mm -hmm. in a suit with no pants on, is a massive power move.
1: I've used it before. Anyway, LBJ has a history (laughs) of being a temperamental, manipulative man, geez, sounds a lot like Oswald, who (laughs) held grudges. Uh, There are stories of him erupting in anger during the presidency whenever other politicians brought up Kennedy's sexual exploits. Johnson claimed he easily had more female conquests than Kennedy ever did. Thus, it's not hard to imagine that when Kennedy beat Johnson, which is just a funny thing to say, uh, when Kennedy beat Johnson for the Democratic nomination in 1960, he wouldn't let it go. No. Johnson, that is. Yeah. Kennedy let his Johnson go. Uh, Then there's also their personal relationship. Kennedy and Johnson didn't always see eye to eye, especially on the topic of the Vietnam War, which Johnson wanted to be more involved in. Not to mention that Johnson, a man who craved and enjoyed flexing his power over others, probably felt bored and emasculated in the office of vice president. Their relationship got so strained, in fact, that there were rumors LBJ would be dropped as vice president in the 1964 election. This paints a clear motive for Johnson to have Kennedy taken care of.
0: Now, Andy, there's also the fact that LBJ no longer had the political control of Texas that he once had. Thus, that's why he needed Kennedy to go down there to smooth things out. Then there's the case of one of LBJ's alleged mistresses, who claims that LBJ told her at a party, the Kennedys will never embarrass me again. That's no threat. That's a promise. But that's about it for Johnson's involvement. We don't really have any factual evidence here to be seen.
1: Do LBJ theory, and hello, Soviet Russia theory. (laughs) In Soviet Russia, conspiracy theorizes you. (laughs) Now, it's not a stretch to say that there was tension between the U.S. and the Soviet Union during Kennedy's presidency. There was this little thing going on called the Cold War. Uh, Now, joking as far aside as I can put it. The threat of Soviet attack was a persistent fear that many Americans had, uh, and it's also not a stretch to say that Oswald was a pretty big fan of the Soviet Union. That's right. Especially given the whole defecting there, begging for citizenship, and spreading communist propaganda thing. So, could it be that Oswald was working for the Russians to assassinate
0: Kennedy? Well, listeners, as the saying goes, don't count your Russian nesting dolls before they hatch. Everyone knows that. Oswald, if you remember, was kind of disillusioned with life in Soviet Russia before he left. Also, I don't think the Soviets were too fond of Oswald either.
1: Yeah, it doesn't sound like they were cold. They were exactly like thirsting for him
0: to be a citizen. Yeah. Furthermore, if the Russians did want to assassinate Kennedy, don't you think they would have used someone who wasn't a walking billboard for the Soviet Union? You know, someone who is actually covert with no obvious ties to Russia so as not to start a massive world war between two nations already at odds in fact certain kgb and communist party members later released a document stating that they believe the assassination was the work of a group not a lone gunman.
1: um so art th- the russian theory might be a little cold but you know what isn't what's that andy hot italian beef so good it's criminal oh wow I'm talking La Cosa Nostra Art, Ah. the mafia, because some theorists believe that organized crime played a big part of Kennedy's presidency and death. You see, dear listeners, the Kennedy family and the mob were allegedly no strangers to one another. Joseph Kennedy, JFK's father, allegedly had ties to the crime family in Chicago during Prohibition and in the 1960 presidential election. He allegedly used those connections to rig the win for JFK in Illinois and Texas. Robert Kennedy, more on this next week. That's right. uh, JFK's younger brother and uh, his attorney general as well, cracked down on mafia convictions at the time as well. Uh, And by cracked down on mafia convictions, I mean they spiked tremendously.
0: Yeah, like Uh, 800%.
1: 800%. And so it's clear to see why the mob and JFK had some shady connections going on but why would they assassinate him?
0: Well, Andy, it's kind of like you said. Bobby Kennedy was convicting mafia members left and right while the mob, who allegedly helped Kennedy win, were kind of hoping for some leniency under his presidency. And don't get me wrong, I mean, I, you know, I don't know any mobsters, but if there's one thing mobsters hate, it's a double-crossing rat. Ooh! <laughs> now, multiple mob outfits, not just Chicago, claim to have assassinated Kennedy. There's hitmen who have written letters from jail saying, yeah, I killed him, blah, blah, blah. And even the House Select Committee on Assassinations stated that the mob did have the ability to and the motive for killing Kennedy, although they ruled them out as a conspiracy. One of the main mobsters linked to the assassination was the Louisiana kingfish, Carlos Marcello. Now, Marcello had been heard saying that to get rid of Bobby Kennedy, who was, you know, cracking down on his operations in New Orleans and who also had Marcelo deported to Guatemala, uh, he'd have to get rid of JFK. Because if they killed Bobby, then JFK would just come after them. But if they got rid of JFK, the whole empire of Camelot would crumble, including Bobby.
1: There are even connections between Oswald and Marcelo syndicate. Oswald did, after all, grow up in New Orleans and new people connected to Marcello. Did the mafia use Oswald as a means of killing Kennedy? After all, Jack Ruby was a nightclub owner who had numerous mafia contacts. Many believe he was used to silence Oswald after the assassination. But that's not where it ends, listeners. Another mobster, the then head of the Chicago Mob chapter, Sam Giancana, has some alleged ties to Kennedy. Johncaa was one of was uh, the one who allegedly helped Kennedy win the votes in Chicago. Jancana and Kennedy also allegedly shared a mistress. How nice. Judith Campbell Exner. Exner claims that Kennedy enlisted Johncana in a plot to kill Cuban leader Fidel Castro. Now some might say she's just making this all up, and in fairness, she might be. But there is evidence of Exner visiting Kennedy at the White House and calling him some 70 times. Well,
0: that's not all, Andy. Uh, Giancana also had connections to working for the CIA. You see, the mob and the CIA both disliked Castro. It's kind of a, the enemy of the enemy is my friend sort of thing, right? Castro's control thwarted mob-controlled casinos in Cuba. Now, before you write this off as some kind of weird Hollywood movie, The CIA released documents in the late 90s and in 2007, detailing their exploits to hiring mafia members to assassinate Fidel Castro. The document was called Family Jewels.
1: Wait, Art? (laughs) The documents were called Family Jewels? That's right. Jeez, Maybe this is a Hollywood movie. Oh, brother. Cut.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's a wrap. <laughs> that's a wrap, a tasty Italian beef rap. So we've got JFK using the CIA to hire mobsters and then double crossing them as his brother prosecutes them. That doesn't paint a good outcome for JFK. But this brings us this this connects us to our final theory, Andy. Could the CIA have been involved in Kennedy's assassination? Well art Kennedy and the CIA didn't always get along Uh, we're seeing a common theme here
1: (laughs) yeah right (laughs) boy these kennedys know they're people people they know how to get along with everyone yeah um i mean everyone gets along with the cia um after the failure of the bay of pigs invasion though uh kennedy was was furious that's right at the failure and allegedly vowed to shatter the ica and quote scatter it to the wind the cia what did i say
0: ica I don't know what that is.
1: <laughs> CIA. Sorry. Uh the CIA. And scatter it to the wind. Um after the Bay of Pigs, Kennedy essentially forced Alan Dulles of MK Ultra Fame, and then head director of the CIA, and a bulk of his high ranking CIA entourage to resign. Dulles, if you remember, dear listeners, was assigned to the Warren Commission by LBJ to investigate Kennedy's assassination. Most believe This is a huge conflict of interest.
0: Listeners, if a former CIA head honcho on the Warren Commission is a dumpster on fire, then the CIA's benign cover-up of information to the report is extra-flammable lighter fluid. (laughs) That is an airtight analogy. (laughs) (laughs) There's one thing I'm known for, Andy. It's airtight analogies. I think
1: think that uh, that's one that was on the SAT, right? (laughs) That's
0: right. That's why I scored so low. You see, the CIA was investigated by the the Warren Commission and, and when they were, they withheld tons of documents and information, including the Family Jewels documents, which outlined their plans to use mafia members to assassinate Fidel Castro. CIA members who were questioned by the commission were also told to give vague answers that didn't really help solve anything. Then there's the fact that the FBI and the CIA withheld information from both each other and the Dallas police, which could have alerted them to Oswald and assassination attempts. The FBI didn't tell any of the authorities that they were profiling Oswald, and the CIA allegedly had knowledge of assassination plots. Nobody's speaking here. These were part uh, of the incompetencies that the House Select Committee found.
1: Then, Art, there's... The Umbrella Man. The umbrella, dun, man. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> the umbrella Man is a man seen in the Zapruder film holding an open black umbrella, even though it was not raining that day and no other witnesses had umbrellas. He is one of the closest bystanders to JFK as he is first struck. As the limousine passes by him, he opens his umbrella and lifts it high above his head. Now, the House Select Committee revealed information from the CIA that they withheld from the Warren Commission, mind you, that in 1963, the CIA did possess a dart gun that could be fired from an umbrella. Could this umbrella man be a CIA operative? Could they be the second shooter?
0: Well, maybe, maybe not. A man named Louis Stephen Witt testified before the House Select uh, Committee claiming to be this alleged umbrella man. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> he said that he raised the umbrella as a means of heckling and protesting the appeasement policies of the president's father. And to be fair, black umbrellas have been used to protest appeasement policies before. This is not, it's an obscure thing. Apparently, it is a thing, but, but apparently, it's in a thing that people I have, have never done. heard of
1: it before, but Neither apparently, it is a thing.
0: <laughs> but let's not forget about Oswald. Maybe the CIA used Oswald to assassinate the president. Oswald is, after all, a pretty solid scapegoat uh, with his whole strong Soviet connections, pro Castro propaganda, yada, yada, yada. He's the perfect villain to drum up more favor, uh, to, to, to drum up favor in more military com- conflict against communism.
1: Listeners, there are lots of other conspiracy theories involving the JFK assassination, including the Federal Reserve, big Texas oil money, Cuban exiles. And much, much more. And perhaps we may cover them in a follow-up episode later. That's for the titular Mr. Bunker to decide. But for now, we need to take a step back and examine some loose ends and
0: various answers for the conspiracies we just listed. That's right, listeners. We strive to bring you the whole enchilada in regards to any topic we're told to research. Thus, we need to give you discussion on witness testimony and ballistics evidence. Andy? Why don't we begin with the frailty of the human memory?
1: Ah, yes. Let us, Art. As we discussed in our hit episode on the Mandela Effect,
0: <laughs> uh, you all know it. You've all loved it. You've loved it. Uh,
1: human memory is quite fallible. When uh, We can be made to believe things, especially in traumatic situations, that simply were never true. There were lots of witnesses to the Kennedy assassination. Over 500 were depositioned as part of the Warren Commission. Many witnesses claimed wildly inaccurate things. Many went on to write books and be included in movies and TV programs depicting the event. Their testimonies change over time. Take, for example, witness Jean Hill. Hill was one of the closest witnesses to the motorcade on the day of the assassination. She can be seen in many photographs and films of the incident wearing a red raincoat. Hill was interviewed by a TV station about an hour after the incident. She claimed the shots came from the grassy knoll, and she heard four to six shots. She also claimed to see a man running. This was also pretty consistent with her affidavit to the sheriff's office. In fact, Hill was interviewed a few times by other TV stations in the Dallas area, and her testimony remained somewhat intact.
0: However, in later years and later interviews, uh, Hill's personality and testimony became more colorful than even the bright red raincoat that she wore. She carried for years a business card stating she was the closest witness to the JFK assassination, which that isn't even entirely (laughs) true. Sure, she was close, but Hill later claimed she was so close she actually stepped onto Elm Street and almost touched the limousine. Hill later said that the man she saw running on the grassy knoll was none other than Jack Ruby. Hill also claimed... That after the shooting, she ran across Elm Street and attempted to apprehend this this grassy knoll shooter.
1: All of this and more are detailed in Hill's book on the assassination. She later claimed that the FBI interrogated her. Her testimonies were forced, and she signed no affidavit, oh, and that she was having an affair with one of the Motorcade police officers who informed her that LBJ was in on the assassination and knew to duck right before the shots were fired. <laughs> So sure, Hill is just one witness, but there are plenty like her who give completely bogus Oswald sightings and depictions of the event, some such as Hill's case, for personal gain. A lot of these witness fallibility claims are detailed in John McAdams' book. Now, listeners, we're not telling you what to think, and McAdams isn't without his own controversy. Google him yourself. Uh, But... Witness testimony should be used to help paint a picture of the event, not give an accurate summation or replace place hard evidence. Witnesses are a valuable part of every criminal case, but we can't mistake them for unbiased facts without something to corroborate against. That's right. <clears throat> now, you might be asking, if we're saying that, what other hard evidence do we have to corroborate against here?
0: Well, Andy... There's some interesting recent developments in ballistics testing regarding the single bullet theory. You see, something else that points to the fallibility of human memory is the percentage of witnesses who claim it was three shots or four or even five or six shots. Hill herself said, I think it was, uh, she said five or six. Luke and Mike Haig are a father and son ballistics analyst duo. Um, they worked on countless crime scenes, analyzing ballistics evidence to determine, you know, hard evidence and shootings. The Hague's obtained a Carcano M91 bolt action rifle, the same one used by Oswald and the same uh, and the same cartridges and, and bullets and rounds that it uses, which is a 6.5 millimeter full metal jacket round. We'll talk about this in a minute. They tested this rifle, shooting it multiple times to determine the validity ...of the single bullet theory. They set out to answer... ...could a single bullet... ...travel through two bodies... ...and come out unscathed... ...just as the single... ...slash magic bullet theory claims? Now first... ...some of some information on the rifle... ...and the bullets used. The Carcano rifle was honestly... ...not the best choice in a rifle... ...to carry out an assassination. Like, let's be honest... <laughs> ...it's a clunky, cheap, bolt-action rifle... ...and there were much better options that fired semi-automatically without needing a bolt action or what have you. But, like I said, it was cheap. So for about 20 bucks in 1963 for both the rifle and the scope, now, the bullets used were military-grade, full-metal jacket, 65 millimeter rounds. Now, full-metal jacket, for those of you who aren't familiar, it just means that the bullet has a very hard outer casing a jacket that that, that kind of covers the round the lead it,
1: the lead core is covered completely
0: in, right in a metal shell that's right so to speak these bullets were very peculiar due to their rounded cylindrical shape imagine a grain silo and that's kind of what the bullet looks like it's not pointy at the end it's it's yeah it's like a grain silo
1: yeah it doesn't come to a, it doesn't come to a point it's yeah, rounded it has a end. rounded it's, edge the 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 end of it is very shallow compared to right. the, the tube of the
0: whole bullet like if you took a pringles can and you put a cut in half tennis ball in the end that's what it looks like it looks like a penis a condom <laughs> yeah a penis <laughs> anyway these bullets also pack a punch andy just like a penis <laughs> They easily cleared, when the Hags tested them, they easily cleared three feet of thick pine boards, and when retrieved, the bullet was completely unscathed. This is due to the full metal jacket around the lead core. So, the
1: bullet can travel through plenty of material and come out looking pristine, but how the hell can it travel through two bodies without ricocheting? The way the Carcano Round travels through space is much like a baseball, Unlike other pointed tip bullets that travel like American footballs, in that they spiral but waver just a bit up and down due to the conal shape, the carcano does not. It shoots relatively straight and doesn't waver, that is, until it creates an exit wound. Since the carcano bullet is so strong, it easily clears through human flesh, creating a small circular entry wound, but when it exits, the force of the bullet traveling at a downward velocity causes it to yaw, aka
0: uh, tilt up and down. Tilt up and down.
1: It it, it wiggles. That's right. After it, it slides through. Uh, so so it once it starts wiggling, once it
0: starts yawing, uh, it starts to fly sideways. So the bullet is traveling at such an enormous velocity that it can indeed create another entry wound traveling sideways. The Hague tests uh, confirmed this as a possibility. The bullet traveling sideways also explains why Connolly had a large, oval-shaped entry wound, compared to the small, circular one he would have had if the bullet traveled nose forward. And, and Kennedy's autopsy proves this as well. That his neck injury has a very small, and the cloth around his neck have just a small, circular um, bullet entry. But Connolly's clothing. Uh, it, the same oval hole is seen in his clothing as on his entry wound. This also explains why his wrist bones were completely shattered. The bullet traveling sideways covers much more surface area and destroyed his fragile wrist bones.
1: <laughs> his, uh, yeah, of course, Connolly was famous for his his legendarily weak wrist bones.
0: I mean, the human wrist is not very strong.
1: Let's be honest, you know?
0: Also, the magic bullet is a bit of a misnomer. The bullet did indeed have no marks or scratches on it, but it was slightly squashed, hot dog style, which lines up with the sideways flight path. So, does bullet yaw explain and possibly confirm the single bullet theory? What else can ballistics tell us about the assassination? Let's return to the Zapruder film. Let's. Specifically... Let's
1: go to frame 313. Please uh, pull it up on your computer. Uh, We clearly see Kennedy's fatal headshot immediately after he lurches backward as if being hit with a force from the front. However, the commission concluded that Kennedy was shot from behind. How can this be? Wouldn't it make more sense that Kennedy got hit from the front, possibly by an alleged second gunman? Well, ballistics has an answer for that as well. Replicas of Kennedy's skull and injuries show damage that is consistent with many gunshot wounds to the head. What do I mean? Well, when a bullet strikes the skull, there's a ton of physics at play. For starters, skulls are pretty damn hard, and so are bullets. So when a bullet breaks the skull, it shatters and splinters pieces off. The direction of this splinters tell us the direction of the bullet. When the bullet entered the back of Kennedy's skull, it created fracture lines, which radiated outward from the point of impact. Okay. But what about the lurching backwards? Well, as you can imagine, when you get shot in the head, it fucks with the delicate (laughs) internal pressure of the body. Yeah. (laughs) Getting shot in the head kind of fucks you up. Uh, The bullet enters uh, and completely destroys JFK's entire right side of his brain. Uh, every nerve in his body is now affected uh, signaling due to the injury and back muscle uh, due to the injury and the back muscles being stronger than abdominal muscles they all contract from nerve damage causing him to lurch backwards it's like an involuntary motion
0: exactly and also there's a lot of pressure that a bullet creates it creates an internal cavity and it just explodes out when it when it comes out and creates this exit wound so it's like Something exploding off the top of your head. But anyway, going off that, listeners, if Kennedy was shot by someone from the grassy knoll, it would had to have been from the right side. Therefore, there would be massive damage to both the right and left lobes of Kennedy's brain. But as pictures of his brain and the autopsy revealed that Kennedy's left brain lobe is actually relatively undamaged, while the right is completely blown apart. This is further evidence supporting the validity of the single bullet theory. But listeners, make of this what you will. The final piece of ballistics evidence helps us understand why some witnesses are heard are heard varying degrees of shots. Like we said, some heard two, some heard three, four, five or six. Which is it? Well, when a bullet travels faster than the speed of sound, which the Carcano does, which the Carcano does, it actually creates two auditory shockwaves. We hear the bullet crack. We hear the bullet crack of the actual bullet breaking the sound barrier, followed by the gases escaping the gun barrel, which creates almost like a muted pow sound. So we hear crack pow, crack pow when, when the gun is shot. It's like reading a Batman comic. That's <laughs> exactly right. Except Batman doesn't use guns, Andy. So what about the bat gun? Doesn't kill people. Anyway. So now imagine this sound taking place in, in downtown Dallas. These two sound waves, the crack and the pow, would be bouncing off of every building and object, creating tons of reverberations. This kind of helps explain why witnesses heard such a wide degree of noises. Boy, Art, this is one monumental case.
1: And listeners, we'd like to commend you for sticking with us this whole way. We're proud of you, and we love you, Thank you for digesting this gigantic plate of enchiladas. You guys are the real heroes here, and we thank you. Art, there's so much evidence here and so many conspiracies. I don't know if it will ever be uncovered and settled. JFK's assassination truly is the ultimate conspiracy theory. Perhaps that's why tons of tourists every year flock to Dallas, Texas, to witness the site where JFK was killed. In fact, people are there every day taking pictures, there's a sign on the grassy knoll. It says grassy knoll. That way you don't miss it and go to some <laughs> other grass-filled hill. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, perhaps uh, this is all why in a 2003 poll, some 70% of people believe there was a conspiracy to assassinate John F. Kennedy. And over 50% of them believe there was a second gunman. Listeners, what do you think? Did Oswald act alone? Was there a conspiracy? to end the life of the country's youngest president? Perhaps we should ask not what our country can do for you, but what our country can do to us. (laughs)
0: Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast will be right back after this brief message. Hey, listeners, this is Art and Andy. Hey, listeners. Um, Just wanted to let you guys know that we want to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you. So, if you feel so inclined, feel free to email us at mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Send us your, your feedback. Send us comments. Send us questions. Send us stories about... Send us conspiracy theories that you want us to um, talk about on the show. Right, Andy?
1: Yeah, right. Um, if you don't like email, hit us up on Twitter at Mr. Bunker Pod. That's right. Tweet at us. Tweet us your live reactions to the podcast as you that's, listen to it. Yeah. Tweet us your personal feelings about anything. Really? Uh, or anything that's covered in the podcast. Uh, that's true. Tweet at us uh, photos of your last vacation. Tweet at us <laughs> whatever you feel like. We'd love to interact with you.
0: We love interaction. And speaking of which, if you're in, you've are you been enjoying the show, uh, we truly appreciate it. Thank and you Mr. for Bunker listening. Mr. Bunker truly appreciates it. If you feel so inclined, and I know a lot of podcasts say this, but it truly does help us out, give us a review.
1: Give us a rating. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Even if you hate it.
0: Even if you hate it.
1: I mean, preferably you'll like it, (laughs) but I mean, fair is fair. If you hate it, you hate it. And I'm not going to judge your reaction to that. (laughs) But especially, I mean, if you forget to rate it and you hate it, that's okay. You don't have to rate it if you hate it.
0: But if you love it, rate it. it. that would be great. (laughs) It would be great. It truly helps us out. And you know what? Let's not take up any more of your time. Let's get back in all that hard-hitting action on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Thanks, listeners. Bye-bye. Hello, listeners. Welcome back. I hope you digested all those beautiful enchiladas from our monumental episode on the JFK assassination.
1: We hope those whole enchiladas are hanging out in your intestines and colon right now.
0: <laughs> um, Andy, we have... Whew, we got a lot to talk about here, huh? Oh, do we ever? Yeah. Um. There is. I don't even know where to start. This is a monumental, as we said, the Holy Grail, the Godfather, the Granddaddy, the Mecca. Excuse me. Of all conspiracy theories, it's Dude. a
1: it's a big one, and it's a big boy, and uh, you know, there's there's a ton of points to bring up. That's right. Um, but uh, you know. Let's, I think let's start at the beginning. Yes. And discuss, uh, because eventually, I mean, we have to do what we've been bidden to do. That's right. We have to eventually render a verdict on this conspiracy theory. That's right. And for the listeners, for the titular Mr. Bunker, we have to decide once and for all what happened to JFK. That's right. And so I think the best place to do that is to start at the very beginning. Okay. Okay. So... Where I want to start is I want to start with the planning of this trip to Dallas. Okay. All right. So
0: what do we know? You're talking about our man, LBJ.
1: I'm t- uh, Well, no. i not even going to get into LBJ. Not even LBJ. Okay. But hey, I'm going to throw a lot of other acronyms at you. FBI, CIA, <laughs> uh, CPK, LHO, Calvary LFO, P-K- L-F-O <laughs> uh, C- CPK, CPS. Um, DIA, DOD, DTF, uh, D, uh, L O L L O L um, uh, DMT. So <laughs> DMX, here's, here's what I think. Um, it is known now that Lee Harvey Oswald right. was under active surveillance by the FBI right. prior to jfk's arrival um now it seems odd to me that a person under active fbi surveillance uh obviously wasn't so active that he could go to work (laughs) which was along the parade route but in defense of the fbi in dallas the secret service never shared with them the parade route right they planned this route which uh, if you look at the the parade route, it's a lot. It's twisty. It's turny. Oh yeah. It's snaking through downtown Dallas. It's not like they went up one street, they turned a corner, they went back the other street, and came out on the thing. They're they're like they're winding through downtown Dallas. So there's all right. kinds of
0: like they wanted to maximize the, the crowds crowd, crowd exposure, and and, and you're kind of talking about the general incompetency that the commission kind of reported on, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's an
1: incompetence factor here that right. I think that I think is, is vitally important in understanding this consp- this conspiracy, this, this assassination. Right. Uh, so Oswald's under active FBI surveillance. That's never shared. Uh, the parade routes never shared in advance. Right. So
0: they did a bad job talking to one. Yeah, there, for sure. So
1: there's this lack of communication. If, if, The FBI was notified by the Secret Service that uh, the parade route was going to go what route the parade was going to take. Probably the FBI would have said, oh, hey, this guy that we're actively surveilling because he's already tried to assassinate a major general in a retired major general uh, of the U.S. armed forces. Maybe we'll, like, it goes right past his work, his place of employment, which is the Texas School Book Depository. Um, one thing I want to say about the Texas School Book Depository, too, is that uh, there's this um, there's this gag on The Simpsons where uh, the Hibbert family comes into Moe's bar. Uh, it's this episode where Moe converts his bar into a family That's right. fast, casual eatery. Um, and they come in looking for a place to eat, and, uh, of course, it's just Moe's bar. And so... They're all trying to decide where they should go instead. and one of the places that they want to go is uh the Texas Cheesecake Depository, which <laughs> <laughs> I think is just really funny I think about that a lot. That's a good joke uh, more than I should
0: probably and uh anyway <laughs> like if 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 that had been shared with the FBI, there's a history between FBI and a, that's like a common. Motif is that the FBI and the local authorities don't always get along. Yeah. And they don't like to like you know, the FBI agent comes in and says, hey, this is my jurisdiction now.
1: Yeah, but that's the thing. This was the FBI field office that's in Dallas. Uh, So it's like the president's men, the Secret Service, who are like not sharing this information with them. So, you know, they could have gone to the local FBI office and said, Hey, you know, we're the president's coming. We're going to have this motorcade. Here's where it's going to go. Can you help us?
0: And and this is is something that this is one of the positive, I guess, if you can even find a silver lining to this, that the Warren commission, after they did this, that they like reworked some of the policies of the secret service and what to do so that this kind of shit doesn't happen again. It seems a little fucking obvious, but (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't back then. Maybe people back then, in the 1960s thought, why would anyone ever assassinate a president? Well, it's like you said, I mean, there was uh, similar I mean, times, you know, they weren't simple at all
1: in this, in the sixties, <laughs> like secret service protection was, was not a, was not a long standing part of the president's security detail. Right. Um, it was you a know, pretty... it's like, I, I can think about, um, you know, obviously when Lincoln was assassinated, uh, he was, you know, there were no secret service agents, right? Um, when um, President Garfield got assassinated, like somebody just walked up to him and shot him. Like yeah. it, you had ac- you he, you know, you had access to the president in those in those days. Hello, like, Mister Garfield.
0: Yes, that's me. Yes, this is me. Pow pow. Pew, 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 pew! <laughs> good day sir ah good shot <laughs> oh you have mortally wounded me <laughs>
1: very good very good uh fun fact about uh james garfield <laughs> he was ambidextrous and uh, a polyglot he could write in one hand in latin and the other hand in greek that's fucking cool yeah uh but he's dead so too bad got him know, shot yeah got shot fucking who knows what, who knows what he could have accomplished yeah, as he was president. a mutant yeah he was a mutant there's a (laughs) one of them famous x-men one of them one of them x-men comics is going to talk about him later um but there's this incompetence factor in the planning of it yeah i mean to me it seems like like probably oswald could have been eliminated as a suspect because he wouldn't have been allowed near the parade route because the fbi would have been like heavily surveilling his movements ahead of it right on the day of knowing that you know, they're already, he's suspected of like trying to, yeah. uh, you know, assassinate a, a a prominent figure in the government. He
0: wasn't, uh I and mean, he wasn't keeping this under wraps. He was a known Soviet sympathizer. Yeah. He's taken photos of himself in all black. Yeah. With the the rifle that he used in his backyard with like, I forget what the caption was, but, you know, it was like, this is the man who's going to kill someone. Someday. I don't remember what his wife wrote. Um he's
1: out in the open about
0: it oh yeah he, he he it's not secretive at all that that he has these feelings and that um he uh you know he's a dude to watch but yeah I, I think you bring up a good point I mean he could have they could have just they could have had an FBI agent with him like or just up on his floor yeah why didn't they do that why yeah. didn't they have somebody with him like why wasn't there even just somebody and they say like oh hm that's weird uh what do you got there I was always like oh you know I got my uh I got my, uh, I don't know how he sounds, but <laughs> this is a good impression as my, any. Uh, I have my uh, my sack lunch and uh, oh, I brought my rifle with my bullets.
1: And they were all like, "Yo, that is a tremendous idea. <laughs> we love that here in Texas. Bring your rifle to work day. <laughs> um,
0: but he, don't you think that if like somebody was just on the floor, like some undercover FBI agent would have seen like, oh, that's, hmm. That's how he's got a rifle pointed out the window. <laughs> I might want to stop
1: that. film. You know, I, you know, I mean, you do raise an excellent point, Art, because like I've seen, you've seen the pictures, you've seen the video footage of the floor that exists. There's just a lot of boxes and stuff around. And like he hid the gun in the boxes or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, um it, it's just like. It's like, what is this floor to me? Like, you know, it's like people heard him up there. Is someone even supposed to be up there like all day long? Well, it was a work day. Yeah, I guess it's probably like a warehouse kind of a situation.
0: Yeah, and that's how they knew it was him because they took inventory of all the workers and they noticed, huh, Oswald's not here. That's weird. He'd only been working there for like, I forget. I don't know, not very long, like three months or something. Yeah. Um,
1: Can we talk about his incompetence too? Sure. I mean, okay, you you fired shots at the president. Like, I mean, we'll get, we'll get dig deeper into this, but you fired shots at the president, regardless of whether they hit or not. Uh, You fired shots. You had this rifle. You just leave the shell casings right at the window where you (laughs) fricking did it. You just where they drop. You don't like. It takes two seconds to pick them up, and then you just toss the rifle like into like some boxes on the same <laughs> floor where you did it. Even though like there were witnesses who saw you and people on the floor below you who heard the the bolt action of the rifle yeah. and heard the shell casings hitting the floor above them. Like, and then you just don't even like bother. And then the first thing you do when you go out of there is like murder a police officer. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, this is this is a guy without a plan yeah like let's face it like if you're if you're telling me uh, maybe i'm getting the cart before the horse a little bit here this is so early into the discussion yeah but if you're telling me this is some kind of mastermind i don't see it
0: yeah i don't really see it either i i definitely i think when it comes to oswald he is a classic narcissist classic guy who wants to who wants something of his life right like he wants to be known for something and he's fucking he's, known for we something. gave it to when him. He baby. Won.
1: His I mean, this is a guy whose name would never be important. No. Ever, ever, ever if this hadn't happened. Nobody would remember him.
0: Yeah, I, I don't I mean, God, I don't I just don't I don't I I don't know. At the same time, it's like I don't see anybody going, Oswald's our guy. We need to assassinate That's the president. Right. Let's get Oswald, huh? Well, and like, sure, he's a decent shot, but like, he's also like that guy who fucks up. Like, yeah, like he's that guy who like, yeah, he like, you know, he he goes and he shoots the president and he just leaves his rifle laying around. Well, he's, oh, geez. Sorry, boss.
1: Oh, God. I knew I should have picked up them shells casings, <laughs> but th- <laughs> I was so scared I had to get out of here. <laughs> but you, you, I think that you said it in the script. It's that why would. If we're if we also go down this path of Soviet intervention into the president's assassination, Oswald doesn't seem like a good candidate because he's kind of a fuck up. And the Soviet
0: Union didn't like him. Yeah, he was a loser. I mean, he's not a fucking like he's not well educated. Sure. He was a decent shot. Sure. He when he went to the Soviet Union, he claimed that he knew all these things about the U.S. military and he was going to expose them and all this shit. And it's like,
1: obviously, they were like, I, "Okay, yeah, they
0: saw through his bullshit." Thank you. They sent him to—that's what they sent yeah, him to Belarus. Belarus. Yeah, like not <laughs> exactly work in a factory, the hotspot, the hot spot of the USSR. And he said that he said that it was boring. That he was making money and there was nothing to spend it on. Yeah, there was no like there was like one bar or something, and it yeah. was like. He was fucking bored by it. Like, that's the type of guy that he is. Yeah. 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 His whole life is not a well thought out plan. Yeah. He's one of these guys who's just like moves from thing to thing and is like, he got fucking bored with high school. So he went into the Marines.
1: <laughs> he got fucking bored with that. So he was trying to have some fun by shooting guns into the air and at himself. And then he, fucked, so he got fucking out of that because he was like, on oh, I'm bored with this. My mom's sick. I got to go. <laughs> So then he's like, "Oh, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go to fucking Russia. I'll show you guys. I'm gonna go to USSR. I'm gonna fucking become a communist." And then he's like, "God, this is fucking boring." And so he comes back to the U.S. and he's like, "You know what? I'm assassinate the president." So I'm gonna do assassinate president. What I'm gonna do? I'm the president. <laughs> uh, Oswald's had a lot of voices in our uh, assessment of him. Oh yeah. Uh, but that I mean, yeah, he seems like that kind of guy. So to me, that reads like a flake, not somebody who's super reliable. And I know a lot of people, you know, bring up the fact that oh, just a few weeks before the assassination, he was in Mexico City at the uh, the the Soviet uh, embassy there. Right, he was trying to get to Cuba. Yeah, yeah. Like I, you know, people are like, well, that's. Cool. I mean, he's probably getting his marching orders from uh, from the Kremlin. It's like I don't think so. It seems like you know it didn't work out in russia well cuba seems like an exciting communist paradise yeah uh so why not go there so he just went to the closest embassy where he could get and he went and tried to to defect and it still didn't work it didn't take he couldn't do it so yeah. then he's just like hmm, well so shoot the president yeah and you know i think the what, gun yeah the gun that was used it's it wouldn't be the best option No, I mean... It had a decent scope and all
0: this, but... But you wouldn't use a clumsy bolt-action rifle. You would use, like... You could have gotten, like, there was so many... Like, even an M1 Garand you could have used to... Yeah. Like, it wasn't that far of a shot. Like, he was a decent sharpshooter. Yeah. Uh, You know, he wasn't, like, a sniper. He didn't qualify for sniper, but he qualified... He got marksmanship for... He qualified as a marksman and he qualified as a sharpshooter. I don't doubt that he can make that shot. As much of a fucking loser as he is, as much of a weird murdering little dude, (laughs) little scamp running around, precocious (laughs) little murderer that he is, I believe that he could make that shot. I believe that that's the one thing he was competent at doing was making that shot.
1: Because if I'm not mistaken, Art, the parade route took a turn to get on the Elm Street and right at the corner is the book depository. Right. So the motorcade had to slow down. Right. That limousine... And they weren't going
0: that fast to right. begin with.
1: They're not going super fast anyway, because this is still on the route, so right. they haven't gotten to the freeway yet. So they're not trying to accelerate out of the crowds yet. They're still slowing down through Dealey Plaza. They take that turn. They make that left turn onto Elm Street, and the book depository is right there on the corner. So from his vantage point, like he had a great view of of the motorcade that was not going super fast and also was, like, relatively close to the book depository building. Yeah. So, in terms of, like, I don't think that you would need to have been, like, a, like, top-tier sniper... No. ...to make that shot. Anybody who had, like, a knowledge
0: of sharp shooting,
1: He probably missed could have... his
0: first shot. Yeah. It's yeah. not like he fucking, like, capped him. Did he, though? I, I mean... I don't know. Oh, art! You
1: know? Oh, art! Art! Uh, <laughs> oh, a little reveal there from the art man, huh?
0: Well, I, I'm just saying in, the, in terms of the story. right? Well,
1: clearly, I mean, I think I think that no matter what, you can say that he missed the first shot because there's a bullet mark on the pavement, right? And then, but Taylor no one ever found that by bullet. The
0: cheek. Yeah, no one ever found that bullet. Yeah, it's missing. Although it's like lost to the ages. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I think that you know. I think that Oswald makes that shot and i think that that's the one thing he did you know why he wants to assassinate the president you know i don't we didn't really cover that yeah i guess it's just kind of assume that it's like i don't know over soviet stuff i guess right you know it's
1: not like clear why he why he this is like a goal for him right like i and and, you know we probably will never know well because yeah he got shot i mean (laughs) you know I'm sure that if this had gone to trial, it probably would have come out of his mouth why he wanted to kill JFK. Right, but because he gets shot, it like takes that away. So,
0: I there's think, some more incompetence right there. Why would you bring the?
1: Have you have you? I mean, have you? I'm sure you've watched it. You've seen the video yeah. and the photographs. It's of him.
0: literally like it is. Jack so- Ruby just
1: walks up and shoots him. Like, yeah, and and he's like and surrounded. Goes, ah! He's he falls. he's surrounded by law enforcement. And like there's that one guy in that like I mean it's black and white footage but it looks like right. it's an all white suit and he's got that cowboy hat and his face is just like oh <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and then like that guy like tackles him yeah. and stuff and then a bunch of people jump on him on Jack Ruby that is yeah but it's like yeah I mean you know th- like there's another thing like prisoner transports are a lot more secure now, I mean, especially if,
0: high profile ones, yeah, like, him. like
1: something like that. They probably <laughs> wouldn't have done that transfer without it's like what the fuck? maximum security if they did it today. Like, nobody would have been able to even get close to Oswald today. You'd have to be a sharpshooter to kill him because you wouldn't be able to just walk up with a pistol and shoot him, yeah. And let's talk about, let's talk about incompetence, uh, more incompetence in the aftermath, sure. Uh, just in the handling of the autopsy and JFK's body. Like it's crazy to me yeah. that the Secret Service comes in, even though the Dallas, like the coroner in the county, is like legally bound to perform an autopsy. The Secret on the Service President. were
0: basically at the point where they were threatening to pull their guns, <laughs> right? Like they're flexing their muscle, yeah. on like freaking hospital workers and doctors. <laughs> I know it's like <laughs> just
1: let them do the autopsy, <laughs> yeah. and instead they take it back to D.C. They put the bring the body to Annapolis to do the the autopsy at the naval hospital right and they ended up because kennedy
0: was a navy man
1: right and they end up doing it with doctors who don't have
0: specific i mean no offense to these doctors i don't want to drag these doctors they did the best that they could probably but they didn't they weren't there they weren't there trying to treat the president to help keep the president alive they weren't there like inspecting him when he was still fresh his body had been transported yeah moved around they didn't have his fucking clothes they didn't like (laughs) All this other information, like it's like they're working off of like somebody hands you like a puzzle. Yeah.
1: That's like all Miss, sh- missing, missing pieces. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, you figure out what the picture is. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's only edge pieces. Yeah. <laughs> like that's all you have. Uh, you, you know, it's like they yeah, they didn't they couldn't see what it did to his clothes. They couldn't see the interplay between that and his body. And they have to guess a lot at some of this stuff. I mean, sure, they were able to like make phone calls to the hospital in Dallas where the president got treated but right. like it's di- it's different yeah. you know neither place really had the opportunity to really thoroughly investigate this in a like forensic way right and you know and and it's like it's it's all these little pieces i think of incompetence um you know the warren commission like they they proposed this magic bullet theory the single bullet as right. they call it, right. uh, the magic is added by other people. But that Disney magic, Disney magic—that's right, Walt Disney.
0: <laughs> That's my favorite Disney classic Disney film that you can only—it's locked away in the Disney vault. But it's this funny little tale about the JFK assassination. Oh, <laughs> this funny little magic bullet. all animated. <laughs> this little bullet who grows up one day wanting to be a great. This carcano bullet that sings
1: songs <laughs> to Lee Harvey Oswald until he becomes deranged and wants to murder the president.
0: It's great for kids.
1: It's they Kids love it. Eat <laughs> it up. But they, you Gorsh. know. <laughs> Gorsh. Mickey, someone killed uh, the president. Gorsh. <laughs> Gorsh. I went through the president's neck.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh. You killed the president. Huh?
1: <laughs> yeah. That's my best I can do. <laughs> But they, there's the, the the like they put out this single bullet hypothesis. That's right. Uh, and then they say that's it. But like if we're being if we're being really honest, they didn't adequately support that. No. Which leaves the door wide open for all this speculation. Yeah.
0: If they immediately had, are like, you're telling me a single bullet went through two men and like all this shit. And like, yeah, just to hear it. And if you look, I mean,
1: dear listeners, please do look at the links that are going to be in the research. Yeah, look at the pictures of the magic bullet. I mean, if you look at it, if you look at it just from the top, like a bird's eye view of the bullet, it looks perfect. Yeah, it looks pristine. Yeah, it looks like nothing happened to it. Right, and this is what they found on Connolly's gurney when he was in the hospital. Now, if you look at it from the end, though, you can tell that it's squashed. It's been squashed
0: lengthwise. It's missing some Hot lead style. Hot dog style. Of Hot course. Dog style. It's missing some lead fragments, which were found on. Con- See, Connolly had a proper examination done <laughs> yeah, after he was because in he
1: stayed in Dallas yeah. because he lives there. Yeah. So he <laughs> it, he lives in Texas. So he got the the benefit of staying in the hospital and them doing actual forensics analysis on his uh, wounds and stuff.
0: And I think Andy, you have again with incompetencies, you just have people making wild accusations all over the p- place, right? Like, right. You have. This isn't a secluded event. You have 500 some, you know, you have probably way more witnesses that they never even talked to. You have Connolly walking around saying, nah, the first shot hit hit him and and then the second one hit me and and you have like all these other witnesses saying like it was five shots. Oh, it was six. I saw someone over there. You have all this misinformation going around and so I think that kind of incompetency also, you know, I think adds fuel to the fire here yeah um with this and,
1: and and then not to mention that then the the house select committee on assassinations that right, uh, like reviewed this later you know at adho- you know after the fact post hoc after the the warren commission findings then until they changed the tune to, yeah completely <laughs> changed but it's the same kind of thing where it's like they're fi- like the findings in both cases were not like really they were supported right but they didn't vet every single piece of it right it's not like the warren commission's job was to adjudicate every witness statement and determine whether it was truthful or unreliable right they just take the sum total of all this stuff and then they make a decision based on the evidence presented before them and the fact that that the cia withheld vital information that's right uh which eventually came to light uh the cia withheld that vital information from um you know and and this is all part of like in at the time that the warren commission happened the cia still was operating without um as much oversight as it has say today because this was all before like the church commission which was the senate commission that we covered right for listeners who remember our mk ultra episode that covered all this this I'm going to call it malfeasance by the CIA. Yeah, and I mean malfeces. I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah, malfeasance. My uh 8th grade uh English teacher malfeasance. Uh, th- there's there's uh there's a lot of like stuff that happened um that after the fact and, and you know I think you know like we talked about in the Mandela effect like why do people believe this? I think that it's like there's all this like information swirling around. It's easy to get swept up in. Well, go ahead.
0: I mean, I'm not trying to defend it. I just want to say this. I do want to say my piece that shit was mishandled very poorly. And that's for sure. The president was assassinated. Yeah. But that had never happened before in the modern era. Right. This is not feasible to people. Yeah. Yes, they should have taken more precautions. Yes, they should have talked. But at the same time, I I empathize and somewhat understand that that people were in a state of shock and that people fucked up because the FBI, CIA, Secret Service authorities did a fucking terrible job of communicating,
1: you know, but, you know, I think it's one of those things are you're right. I agree with I'm you. I'm just
0: I'm not trying to let them off the hook, but I am saying that. This was the, the JFK was the catalyst for people to start being like, oh, people can kill the president. We need to fucking like take this shit more seriously. Yeah. We need to actually do our jobs a little bit better around here. Uh, they, the, a
1: lot of, there's a, there's a saying that I've heard before that, uh, your best teacher is your most recent mistake. Yes. And like, this is probably that situation the The issue is that the mistake that they made was letting the president get killed by
0: somebody <laughs> they that they should they they knew was a yes. problem. They unfortunately made the gravest of mistakes. This isn't like oh they let the VP get or like, you know like anyone else on the chain of command of the of the president of the United. Nope. The head guy. Yeah, right. It wasn't, you know. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't some, like, representative, some other person, you know, some aide, but, some poor little fucking intern who's like me. <laughs> oh, boy, I'm here on my first day of work. <laughs> hey, Dallas is great. And the president let me come along. Oh, God. Oh,
1: God. I got shot. Ah!
0: That's exactly what I would have done.
2: Ah! Oh, God.
0: Yeah, he bled for a real long time. He, he just kept screaming. He got nicked. Like oh, yeah. It, it just grazed it his grazed shoulder. Him.
1: He, they just put a band aid on it. Yeah. They didn't even have to do anything. Yeah, he
0: screamed. He I screamed. think he was coming.
1: <laughs> I think he was orgasmed. He cummed from that bullet wound.
0: <laughs> well, looks like you cummed <laughs> You are, uh, you're, uh, in your pants. You, uh, have ejaculated all over your pants.
1: Young, young American, you have, uh, stained your pants. <laughs>
0: Ask not what your pants can do for you.
1: <laughs> Ask what you can do in your
0: pants. <laughs> um you know, <clears throat> at the same time, Andy, okay. Let's let's jump into some CIA stuff here. CIA. Oh, secret agent man. Help me, oh CIA. Help me, help me, help me please. From what we know about our MK Ultra episode and other stuff, just involving the mythos of the CIA, doesn't this almost feel like a CIA plot though? Sometimes when yeah. you look at it, like yeah. the CIA would be like, "Hey, he's uh, yeah, he's a big uh, Russia guy. We'll pin it all on him, and uh, yeah, he'll shoot the president. Sure, get to it, kiddo." Well,
1: I'll, I'll tell you this art. <laughs> no. I think I think that the CIA angle uh. is most interesting in that we know for sure that the CIA had ties to the
0: mafia and we, this is a fact. This is this not at
1: this point, conjecture. this is a fact.
0: like it's like MKUltra. It's a fact.
1: I mean, the Warren commission didn't know this, <laughs> but we know this today. Right. Uh, it's, it happened. I mean, the, the CIA had a, had a guy in DC yeah. who some people say, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about this next week when we're talking about Bobby Kennedy, That's right. spoiler alert for you listeners. But, um, the the CIA had a uh, a connection to a guy in DC, who some say the the show Mission Impossible was based on his life. Oh, really? Um, where he took he took assignments that the CIA didn't even like didn't want to have their fingerprints on, and so like one of those things was assassinating Fidel Castro. And so Man, the guy just- the guy called together like mafia bosses from some of the big like regional like you know New York, Chicago, Miami. Right. Uh, LA like big regional like crime bosses he had a meeting with them to talk about the possibility of getting like assassins down in Cuba to take out Fidel Castro and how to do it and stuff and now I think ultimately the outcome of that was that the CIA didn't go through with it like they didn't they decided not to pursue it at the end of the day but like this guy you know it's like the CIA through this guy could cultivate mafia ties so I think if they
0: wanted to go after JFK like they the had fuck how the fuck did nobody ever assassinate Fidel Castro <laughs> like what the fuck like they got they got JFK but it's like fucking this loser Oswald can get JFK but it's like wh- how many times exploding cigars a bay of pigs like all this stuff and we could not get Fidel Castro I mean I think that it just goes it's unbelievable I think it just goes to show you like
1: that the CIA at this point was they it's were like a on, frat house they were on such a loose leash like the people that were like doing some of this stuff didn't have clearance no. from the agency to do it. They just thought it would be like a good idea to pursue it. And
0: and some people say, even in some of the research that I was reading that I linked that like, there are, there are certain parts of the CA that are like total loose cannons going off doing yeah. this shit. And then there's the rest of it. That's like the actual intelligence and analyst people who would be completely appalled. Like the, the, the person I'm referencing was saying like, you know, as a red-blooded American, I know that like, you know, the, the C, like the actual CIA and, the, you know, these other patriots would, would be appalled to learn this shit. There are rogue elements of the CIA that are doing this. And I get it, but I liken it to a frat house sometimes. Yeah, I mean, some of these fucking plans, they're just like, I mean, honestly, it's like, and, and Dulles himself seems like he's like this
1: guy who's like. Hey, you guys want to fucking go for it? yes yeah. just, just do it. Like, don't tell me about it, but you fucking go for it. Like, like he didn't care. Like, he didn't give a shit. You know, shit. like the CIA has this actual important role of like being right. the United States's intelligence intelligence gathering right. agency abroad to keep peace. Yeah, t- <laughs> and and they do a vital function probably in national security. Then, yet Dulles is also like you want to work on that mind control shit yeah i mean like fucking go Fuck for it yeah dude i mean like hey dude these this meeting never numbers. happened but fucking go for it dude <laughs> lsd yeah dig it
0: i'm totally fucking into it i like the way you think you're fucking cool dude let's drug some people wait, wait 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 wait
1: you want the mafia to assassinate fidel castro
0: hell fucking yeah
1: whoa okay we can't be involved but fucking make it happen okay you get what i'm saying <laughs> wink like, wink
0: yeah He's like a modern day, like a uh, startup mogul. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's,
1: <laughs> I mean, it's like he's doing all this shady stuff <laughs> yeah. and it's like totally outside
0: the bounds of the law. Yeah. And I the mean, Bay of a pig's fiasco. Now, obviously some people say that the CIA said, well, Kennedy should have given us more military support. Yeah. But it's like, how does the greatest military force, the greatest military presence in the world? How do we fuck that up? It's just so bungled. It's so nuts. The thing, yeah. I mean, the whole Bay of Pigs. We've is, done so many different invasions of so many different South American countries, <laughs> and for some reason, Cuba, we're just like, oh, that my white whale. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I think that this is call like, me Ishmael.
1: I think that this is a point where it's like the, you know, the United States had this uh, policy, like it got this air of invincibility after that's true. Like you know.
0: After we we fucking... talked about we
1: talked about the other another president who got assassinated, William McKinley. Right, like the Spanish American War. I mean, that's how we ended up with like ter- that's how we ended up with Puerto Rico. Right, by the way, uh, like there that happened at a time when the Spanish Empire was like barely stitched together, like crumbling. Right. Like we we had money to invest in like modern technology, and it just it wasn't even close. Yeah, we had
0: like badass rifles we held out like semi-automatic rifles yeah exactly essentially and revolvers and things like this instead of musket civil war era like 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 holdovers that because the
1: spanish didn't have the the funds anymore to like like provide for this huge empire right and this is like way close to us and it's way far away from spain yeah Uh, and these are people that don't even like probably the spanish anyway (laughs) i mean so like we did that and that like is like America's entry colonial onto the world stage. Right. Right. And then we go from there and the next thing is the next big, like military thing is world war one. Right. Right. And we hold out of that yeah. until the very end. So we our edge. losses, yeah, we're, 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 we're edging. edging, we're edging <laughs> and we come hard
0: in Europe and,
1: and, it, yeah, we but like
0: we kind of come in the tail end. We're providing support. Things
1: are already like building it's, up. Think of it as a big old swinging pendulum, right. With two big knockers, <laughs> like just clacking together. <laughs> and this pendulum's already swinging this way, and right. we just give it that little extra like, jerk that it needs yeah. to get over the finish Listeners, line.
0: Andy's making a shake weight motion. Yeah. With his hand. Uh,
1: and, then, and, and then it's, like, the next big thing. Like, that was the, the war to end all wars. Right. I, I mean, and I'm I'm not saying this art to, like, diminish the the contributions made to these efforts that no. America did. Because they were great, and there was many lives lost in That's right. pursuit of these goals. That's right. Uh, but at the same time, um, we're joining conflicts that aren't... Um, like our baby necessarily.
0: Right. We didn't, this, this isn't shit that was started by us or anything. It was just kind of like, we're getting involved. We
1: get involved because it's a threat in the, in the, we see it as a threat in the whole world.
0: Some other conspiracy theories involved with all these things we're discussing. (laughs) Right, right.
1: Maybe we'll uh, get into the sinking of the Lusitania on another episode. (laughs) But uh, at any rate, um, then World War II comes. We hold out of that too for a while. We don't, you know, we kind of got involved towards the end. We talk about uh, the, the umbrella man, like, Joe Kennedy, before World War II in the late 30s, he was the U.S. ambassador to the United Kingdom. That's right. And he was preaching appeasement rather right. than directly confronting Hitler. And then eventually we have to join the war. And, you know, again, it's one of those things where it's kind of at a it's kind of at a fork in the road in Europe.
0: Now, we were providing arms for. Right, right. I mean, we for were all the allied forces like, but... supplying the
1: allies, but we didn't physically become involved with our right. own. We didn't like, sacrifice
0: our own soldiers, soldiers. Uh,
1: in the war effort for a little while. And so then we come in and you know, it's like we unlike a lot of the European powers, we've certainly like had an opportunity to build up our forces and we have good technology and, and all that stuff. And I'm a, a big country like that wasn't directly threatened all the time by Germany or Japan. I mean, obviously, you know, the bombing of Pearl Harbor is a direct threat, but. Right. Um, and then, you know, we we had the, we got to the nuclear bomb first. So that's how we end World War Two, Right. I mean, like, Europe is a real coalition type of effort. And then in the Pacific theater, we just dropped the atomic bomb. Yeah. True. And that's how we end that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, I don't know. I think there's this, there's this like, while very powerful, like, there's this aura
0: of invincibility right we about felt American like armed yeah forces. we we were like we have the best goddamn military the best everything and i think if anything <laughs> like bay of pigs in vietnam showed it's not always the case right we kind of got knocked back on our asses a little bit yeah like we tough like we should we
1: should not have been involved in vietnam probably right.
0: at all right like there was very little reason
1: you know there was all this fear about communism and so they wanted to stop communism but we could have easily gotten out of that way, way, way before anything else happened, before the Gulf of Tonkin. And it probably wouldn't have even it wouldn't even have been a blip. Like the right. French the French were gone. Right? They got out.
0: Yeah, why were we still there? <laughs> yeah. We were like, oh hey, we'll take this over. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, and I mean I think it's kind of speaks this speaks a little bit too that some of the conspiracies. You know, JFK didn't want to be involved in that kind of stuff. Yeah. But a lot of other powers at B said, mm-mm mm. Um, we need to get involved. I mean, this makes
1: lots of money. Obviously, this was like a weird, you know, a weird like time in the government. I mean, yeah, you know, Vietnam was an interesting flashpoint.
0: It was very weird.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the country was very deeply divided by it.
0: Oh yeah, pro
1: war and anti war. I mean, some people thought that it was the right thing to do. That protecting, like, fighting against communism is protecting American ideals. I mean, Korea, right? I mean, that's, I mean, the forgotten war. that's what that's about. Yeah. Now, I mean, to me, that's another one. We didn't really win it.
0: No, we just kind of like. We
1: just, everybody was like, okay, well, we're done.
0: Yeah. We're going like, to draw a line, right? Yeah.
1: Now. Like <laughs> Viet- Vietnam is what Korea could have been. Right. Like if if it hadn't gotten to that stalemate and Korea is still a stalemate. I mean, and in Vietnam is, yeah. you know, the it's just won.
0: now starting to. Yeah to we're just st- now like, starting to even just have talks i mean yeah. this is where we're at you know yeah.
1: I, I just think that the, the, there's you know this myth of uh american like invincibility in in uh in arms
0: so that's just, what you kind of liken the the whole cia being a frat house kind of thing that they yeah. can just get away with anything because we're winners
1: like people probably thought that people probably thought that like bay of pigs would be a good idea because we have the best military in the world. We're going to do this. I mean, people thought that about Iraq. Right. And it's not that way. Right. It is factually not that way. We don't do well.
0: <laughs> Afghanistan. Yeah. It didn't work. We like, don't do well in, uh, in strange um, yeah. environments. Yeah. And I, terrains. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Cuba didn't work. Uh, Korea didn't exactly work. Vietnam didn't work. Like the, the only thing that's really worked um, probably European from a military theaters. standpoint was yeah, I mean, like, I guess you could say that it kind of worked in the Balkans. Although, I mean, I don't know that, it, like, massive bombing campaigns are exactly, like, a success. Right. <laughs> uh, but then in, uh, um, like, the first Gulf War. Yeah. That was a success. Yeah. I mean, we pretty much, yeah. Again, it's, like, a mixed success, but, right. but the we military objective the was, military was, uh, was completed. Yeah. I mean and that again was like a worldwide coalition thing right. not so much a uh just a US led uh action. So I think there's this this myth about it and you know I think that people believed it and so it's like well we'll figure it out. So yeah, of course authorize these things. Let's get let's let's dig into this a little more. We'll we'll set it up. We're not going to lose. Make a good point, Sandy. So I don't know that it's so much like people had I mean, people probably had bad ideas, but I don't think it's like so much always in that case willfully like just looking the other way <laughs> yeah. a bad idea. It's where you start to believe your own, your own story, you know? Right. It's like, and a lot of these people lived through World War II. Like they saw those successes. Right. Like, so they, they probably felt this deep inside. Like they didn't, they didn't have to think of it on. We're the, invincible.
0: Like, There's no yeah. way we can lose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now, Andy, the Bay of Pigs—that's where you're from, right? Yeah, that's where my family's from. We grew up
1: in the Bay of Pigs. I didn't see that coming. Damn, (laughs) folks, it's hot in here. I'm like a suckling—you get roasted Roasted on a spit.
0: (laughs) Um. Let's let's turn it back to incompetencies a little bit because I do want to talk about. Are oh, you going to talk about me again? <laughs> yeah, you bay a pig. <laughs> bay, yeah, bay, b a e, b a e. That's what I meant. Pig in Cuba. <laughs> I think, I think, wit- again the witness testimony stuff is you really got to sometimes take that with a teaspoon of salt. Yeah, because it's just like. You you honestly think like you know like you we're sitting here ac- asking people to accurately determine the source of a noise and you know how fucking hard that is like think about like even in your everyday life like if you're sitting upstairs and or you're sitting in the other room and your cat or your your other your pet or your kid knocks something over or something falls you really think you can sit there and fucking pinpoint exactly one where it happened and two what it was go downtown. In Chicago, go
1: to the loop any afternoon yeah. when the weather is nice and there will invariably be somebody busking yeah, uh, out on the street playing instruments as you're walking down the street. Try to figure out while you're down the street from that where exactly the sound is coming right. from. You can't do it because of the way that the, the downtown is constructed. The sound pings off all the buildings and yeah. it, it crisscrosses as it reverberates down streets. It sounds like it's coming from everywhere all at once. And then once you round a corner and you get into the clear, like you see it. Ah, you hear it clearly now. Here's where the sound is. But in well, certain you spots, tons of you're not going to be able. Yeah, yeah. you're not going to be able to tell where it's coming from.
0: And You know, like you got to imagine like this wasn't like it was fucking there was it was a parade. Yeah, it was loud. There yeah. were cars. There were motorcycles. There were. People cheering and talking. It's not like people are like solemnly observing
1: the parade in yeah. complete silence. It's like so people want to. People were probably yeah. cheering, and you know, then when shots ring out, people are probably screaming and running. Oh yeah! Like the the ability of any witness to pinpoint where that shot came from is incredible. The fact that they had a witness who saw Oswald up in the window and noticed it, remembered it. Also saw him firing the gun is like incredible.
0: Yeah, but that guy was right across the street from the building. So it's like you can see how Mm -hmm. he kind of, you know, gets to see some of that. I just want to bring that up because I think a lot of times when we look into conspiracies and other things, it's like, well, this witness said this. And it's like people say shit all the fucking time. Like you really you got to like if you're the type of person to give in to conspiracies, I think like you also have to be skeptical of any all evidence you that's that's the you know that's the purpose of it right like yeah is you're skeptical of the narrative that you're given but then you should also be skeptical of of any answer it's kind of like how scientists approach things right it's they don't look for i don't know i'm butchering it they don't look for like the, they don't look to prove their theories right they look to where does the evidence lead them right they have a hypothesis
1: about right. what they think it is, but then they do empirical testing. Right. And then based on those results, they formulate a, they decide whether or not their hypothesis was correct.
0: Because I'll be honest, you know, I kind of came into this real hot and bothered. Okay. <laughs> I, oh
1: boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, JFK was, can we talk about the real conspiracy here? <laughs> do you think he's actually that attractive? I don't know. I kind of think Bobby's better looking.
0: Wow. I mean, Bobby was younger. Doesn't Ted look like a (laughs) Sagamayonnais? Well,
1: he did eventually, but I mean, I don't know. This, this like play, I don't know.
0: I I mean, mean, he was well groomed. I mean, look at compare him to Nixon. Uh, Well, I mean, sure. Nixon. That's that's a thing, though. That's a psychological fact. You put. Well, you put ugly. If you're yeah, attractive, you surround yourself with ugly people.
1: Yeah, I mean that was the thing. The 1960 debates were the first presidential debates that were like widely televised. Kennedy and people, wore makeup. Kennedy he had makeup. shaved. Yeah, Nixon, Nixon had shadow. He was sweating like a sweating fucking pig under those lights from the Bay of Pigs. <laughs> Nixon is me for sure. <laughs> <laughs> if I ran for president, I would be up there, flop sweat, like <laughs> dripping. I would have makeup on though because it's modern, but the makeup would just be like running. (laughs) I would look like a, like a sad clown, like a, like a, like a homeless clown. (laughs) Who's been a long time alcoholic. Oh God. And, uh, yeah, no, I mean, Nixon and Kennedy, they couldn't have been a starker contrast in the television and art. I'm going to say this up front, uh, about that. Uh, another simpsons gag that i think about is when homer and barney go on the tour of the duff brewery (laughs) and uh they show like a video clip of uh the 1960 presidential debates and it's uh kennedy declaring his love for duff and uh nixon says "Ah, yes i would uh also like to express my uh fondness for that uh particular brand of beer (laughs) and (laughs) and uh homer goes that man never had a duff in his life (laughs) a good bit so i mean like that's 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 the that's the whole thing in a microcosm that's right? the like, narrative but like people believed kennedy like kennedy was the anti-nixon oh yeah in that way just because they they couldn't have appeared more different that's right so he
0: didn't he didn't have to work as hard yeah um but what i was trying to say is that i i came in here kind of ready to accept a lot of crazy stuff but then i kind of started digging into the ballistics and this is where we get into the hard evidence. Oh my God. This ballistics evidence, isn't it? Isn't it absolutely insane fascinating that it took
1: so many years for this to be thoroughly tested like this?
0: Well, I mean, I don't know how long ballistic gelatin has been around that simulates human flesh, but high speed cameras, all right. these sorts of things that they use. Um, but yeah, I, the ballistics evidence listeners, truly, you, you should watch the documentary because Let's take. A listen, I, I I like to be skeptical, but when it comes to hard fucking evidence, like stuff that you know you can see with your it, like, it's tested, it's scientific, it, it really fucking hammers home. It's compelling. It's as compelling. I'll get out.
1: And let's let's take a moment and just say that the thing that we referenced is a Nova episode, and this is why funding for public television is so vitally important right. in this country. Uh folks, if you don't support public television, I urge you to run out <laughs> and donate to your local station.
0: <laughs> wow. Andy, big fan of Sesame Street. This is a pledge
1: drive. <laughs> uh Sesame Street is now on HBO art, actually.
0: Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, they own it
1: completely. Yeah, the public television has the rights to still show some episodes. But, um. but- HBO actually owns it because it was going to have to go off the air if it was on public. That's television right. I it do did not remember have, that did happening. Not have
0: funding. Um, and that's why now there's so many tits and swearing in Sesame Street. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean.
2: I'm on, I'm on those r-
1: <laughs> no, go ahead with that. I want to hear where this ends up. <laughs> I don't know where I was going. <laughs> uh, okay.
0: Elmo wants to smirk crack. <laughs> yeah. Big Bird is a pimp now. Yeah and uh grover's or who's the one who lives in a trash can
1: oscar the, oscar
0: the grouch that's right um nothing changed about his character man what what other i think maybe we should maybe move into um should we talk about the, the mob the mob yeah okay you have any blanket statements you want to make before <laughs> we jump in on the mob well i mean about the conspiracy Oh, the mafia conspiracy. Or the mob in general, I guess.
1: Like, I'm going to say this. I think that I think that the mafia probably had more of a reason to assassinate Kennedy than the CIA. If I'm being honest with you, Art.
0: I actually agree with you. While
1: that. I think that the CIA probably... Like, here's where I am. I think that the CIA angle, the CIA to the mafia... Like, I think that connection is like pretty interesting. Yes. And I think that the mafia had some extra motivation to maybe put out this hit on Kennedy. But I don't think that to me, it's not very compelling that the CIA would want to assassinate Kennedy. Like their reasons for doing it to me just aren't sufficient. Now, I know we just talked a whole bunch about how the CIA can be kind of a loose cannon. Yeah, and they think they're invincible. This is a bridge too far for me. Yeah. In my mind, the mafia, saying it, is a bridge that's not quite as far. Right. But I almost feel like I mean, I, like okay, it depends on it depends on how you view it, I guess. If you think that Oswald was the the fatal shooter, the lone gunman, like the connection the connection to Oswald just seems like tenuous at best. Yeah. But if you think that there's another shooter on the the grassy knoll, then I mean maybe this is a mafia hitman. But I think, as we're gonna discuss, and I might be revealing a little bit much here. Um, Take put your my pants problem. back. Oh on, you boy, sorry, sorry, sicko. Sorry. <laughs> I came from the Bay of Pigs. It's fine there. Uh, if 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 you, I personally am not a proponent of the second shooter theory. Okay. So. I personally am coming out on this that I think Oswald acted alone. Right. Uh, More on that in my verdict. Uh, But if you you think Oswald acted alone, that connection to the mafia isn't totally compelling to me. And if you think there's a second shooter, then it makes a little bit more sense. But it just seems to me like the physical evidence, which like you said... Let's look at the evidence and see where that leads us. I don't think that it leads you to a place where you say there was a second shooter on the grassy knoll. Only if you say the shooter on the grassy knoll missed, in which case, I don't care. Like what? I mean, we're then we're talking like were there two completely (laughs) two two plots to assassinate the president ongoing in tandem at the same time? Yeah, and and they just didn't know about each other. I mean, like I don't know. It just it doesn't it doesn't foot for me
0: yeah but i i think that i agree with you i think the mob has the most to gain and the most motive because it's that is a law of yeah of the mafia that you don't double cross sure even though they all do it i i'll say this too <laughs> that's the basis the basis that's that the basis. basis of that's the basis of every movie <laughs> that's the basis of like every mob movie right is that eventually yeah one of them starts ratting out to the feds, right? Right, right. Every fucking mob movie is about that.
1: Well, and, like, that's mafia convictions, right? The feds are well aware of who the oh, mafia people are. Oh, yeah. And, all, and they just use them. They just wait until they get something on somebody that they can turn, and they just, like, slowly play that game of, like, getting bigger and bigger, like, people.
0: Ish. Yeah. And I think, but I think it's, like, it just makes the most sense. They, there's these weird ties, which, you know, I can't prove that they helped, but... There's these weird connections yeah, there's shady thing. shit with the Kennedys, okay? I mean, it's
1: obvious that that Joe senior yeah. was prohibition he was he was involved with bootleggers, which yeah. is is a word I'm using for mafia <laughs> like he was involved with the mafia because he was involved with the bootleggers yeah and you know during prohibition he had those connections. It wouldn't surprise me. This is why we should all be Quakers. <laughs> but here's the thing. I'm gonna say this. <laughs> you know who was a Quaker by the way? Uh, who Richard Nixon anyway uh-huh. um so you see how that turned out um he wasn't so devout um no uh he uh anyway well
0: Nixon also you know what else is funny is that um he he basically said that like the Kennedys cheated but they just cheated better or it was something like that right they like,
1: cheated better than he did yeah they just yeah
0: they cheated better everybody cheats but they, they were che- just better at it
1: yeah I mean, if they're... That's kind of oh led God, to Watergate. What a freaking amazing Nixon quote. Like, could there be a better quote about no. Nixon? Uh,
0: and I'm butchering from Nixon? it, but it's something it's, like that.
1: That's You said it well.
0: Um, Thank but, you.
1: But here's what I'm going to say, is I think that Joe Sr. probably had these connections. And I'm going to say that probably JFK was not aware. No. Joe... Okay. Like, this is going to come up probably next week, but Joe Sr. basically told jfk that bobby kennedy had to be his attorney general jfk didn't want to do that oh wow and joe senior was like you're gonna do it and so he did it wow and like joe senior could have arranged for these these mafia connections in order to get votes in illinois and texas because it was close in those states it was not
0: like you know yet and for our non-american listeners you know we're not going to explain our election system but we to, don't owe you
1: anything <laughs>
0: you have to win a certain number of states look you get it doesn't make a lot votes, of sense but, but
1: it's like the the, the primary i mean exactly yeah because because in the google night, it in the, yeah google will explain it a lot
0: better than we will oh, you see little, a picture of it you kind of get it you have to win a certain number of states you get points if you win the state yeah <laughs> you got to have the most it's, points
1: yeah it's a fun game we play and played.
0: illinois and texas were close
1: yeah and uh i mean in, in you know, it's like in, in those And in
0: some in some cases, Nixon wanted to have a recount. Yeah. And the Republicans were basically, it's not worth Nixon. They cheated better than you.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> Just give up. <laughs> but I mean, it's like I could see that Joe Kennedy maybe like arranged for these things to get them over the edge. You know, I mean, surely in Illinois were you have to expect- in the unions. Yeah. You have to expect that. You know, the mafia ties to the unions exist. I mean, that is not even up for debate, like not all unions, but some of them. I mean, the Teamsters, like obviously it's going to come up again next week when we talk about Bobby Kennedy. But right uh, there's I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of connection between these things. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it wouldn't surprise me.
0: And I think they expected some leniency. Probably. They they expected to get a little bit something back for helping. And then when it didn't happen, that's a double cross. And now calling out a hit on the now there 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 are stories of and we didn't include this in the research, but if you want to look into it, um and and, and maybe we'll do a follow up episode, but there are stories of a French hitman from a French chapter of the mafia in France who who did not accept but was told that there was a hit out on JFK and didn't accept it because he thought that's fucking insane. <laughs> I'm not yeah. taking that. Yeah. But mafia's all over the world were threatened by this because of how much his attorney general was cracking down on this and how much JFK was too. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um it's a, it's an interesting read about this French hitman who um didn't take this but um
1: I just think it would make more sense for them to put the hit out on Bobby Kennedy.
0: Well, in the research again, it says it's like, if we take out Bobby, then JFK is just going to be like, well, okay, you want to play mafia? We're going to, you know, he's just going to keep yeah. coming back. Yeah. But if you take out JFK, then Bobby's gone. All these Kennedys are gone. Yeah. Because JFK's the, the linchpin to hold it all. Yeah. You know, Bobby's out of a job if JFK's yeah. not around. Yeah. So, I kind of disagree with you there, Andy, but, at the same time, the idea of putting a hit out on the president of the United States, I don't put it past the mafia, but if and if there's anyone who knows how to carry out assassinations, it's the mob. They do it all the time. Yeah. It's they literally should, a part of their they job. They should be able to do it.
1: <laughs> uh, especially with a uh, thing that was so bungled. Like they probably were like, Oh, this is
0: working out great. Like, there's no oversight. Security is really poor. You don't know how many people they had on the payroll either. Mm, that's true. What if they had some cops on the payroll? What crooked, if they had some... Crooked
1: Dallas cops or yeah. crooked Secret Service agents?
0: I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but mm. that's you got to be pretty damn vetted, I think. I don't know the... I actually don't know the process back in the 60s, how vetted you have to be to be a Secret Service agent. So, But hey, once
1: you get in. That's true.
0: Um, But I I'm, think... You know, if there's anybody that knows how to do that, it's them. Yeah. Right? Now, uh, other people feel this way as well. Uh, Robert Blakely um, feels that feels that the mob probably conspired to kill Kennedy yeah. in some way. You got this, it's almost like there's this weird amalgamation where they're working for the CIA, but maybe the mob, there are people who are saying that, well, Giancani was working for the CIA, but he was actually double-crossing them, taking their money and not doing anything they wanted him to do. <laughs> yeah, right. Which makes sense, but. Yeah. Uh,
1: a very mafia <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> uh,
0: I don't know. You've got this weird, um, you've got this weird amalgamation of things. And the thing that I don't understand, and I want to talk on a little bit, is Jack Ruby. We haven't touched on Mr. Ruby. Right. He's obviously a nightclub owner. Yeah. Let's be honest. Probably had mafia connections cuz if you own a fucking nightclub, yeah. Come on. Now, why would Jack Ruby walk up and shoot Oswald? Why would he fall on the sword for this? Jack Ruby's the big question here, right? Why would he do that? Yeah, it's He bizarre. claims he didn't He claims he was angry and that he didn't want Mrs. Kennedy to have to go to a trial where she had to relive all this. Right. Okay,
1: I get it. It's an extreme way to deal with that feeling. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Could
0: have written a letter, buddy. Right. I mean... (laughs) um, But if he has all these mafia connections, why would he go... Why wouldn't they just get a real hitman to kill Oswald? Why wouldn't they get a crooked cop to... You know what I'm saying? Like, poison his food, do something else.
1: Oswald didn't have to die so publicly. Yeah. If the mafia was going to do it, like... If they hired
0: Jack Ruby, Jack Ruby did a poor job. He did because a fucking terrible job. Oswald could have just died in prison. Why would Jack Ruby give up his entire life? Why would he give up his business? Why yeah. would he?
1: Yeah, he got. I mean, he got. He did it just to get captured. He got. He spent his life in prison and then was put to death. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is Texas. You're not getting
0: out alive <laughs> on that one. <laughs> you know. And I just that that's the loose end for me. I don't get it. I don't understand why he would do that. Jack Ruby's
1: uh, is a bizarre thing. And I agree with you. I, I mean, no I think this is it. why the mafia thing makes the most sense of all the like, like associated conspiracies that a mafia connection seems to be there. But I mean, the mafia to Oswald, the mafia to Jack Ruby, like, like the way that it was done and everything and handled, like it just is so sloppy. Like, and maybe this is just the way the mafia is like handling things. Right. But I just don't know. Like to me, I, I don't know. Like I'm not sure that it's that – it doesn't like hook me enough. Right. Like it's interesting and I think that there's some weird connections there. And I definitely think the mafia had a motive for yeah. making something like this happen. But I don't know. It's like it's the people involved that are actually pulling the triggers that it's like if that was what they went after, like why those people?
0: I could like, see them getting Oswald – Somebody actively surveilled by the FBI. Cause I then you just right. basically set yourself up. Maybe they up. didn't know that. But I mean, it's
1: like you set yourself so up. It's did. like, Oh uh, I have this assassin. I'm going to have to assassinate my assassin once it's over. Like why set yourself up for that?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. That's kind of, maybe they didn't think about that. That's kind of what they do though. But at the same time, it's like, why wouldn't they get a hitman they could trust? That's exactly it. Like you, why not use one of their guys? Yeah. Because, I mean, to Maybe me they did You said it
1: <laughs> Maybe they did Second You said shooter? it, though They have experience with this, right? Right I mean, Well, so, you're asking me, like <laughs> You know, you're Italian So, they have experience Watch any mob movie It's it's That's what they do So, they, I mean, like <laughs> They pres- kill, they whack them Yeah, whack them all Whack, whack, whack. So, whack Whack, 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 whack So, the mafia has the expertise <laughs> oh, Donald You gotta go kill <laughs> Whack, 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 whack <laughs> Uh, so Gorsh <laughs> you shot him in the head, Gorsh. Gorsh, he's dead. Kill shot. <laughs> Yuck. Execution style. <laughs> so I mean, like you said, the mafia has this expertise in doing stuff like this. D- this does this seem like it was handled in an expert way?
0: Like to me, it seems more amateur than expert. The same time, Andy. I mean, I mean, it botched worked. things happen. Yeah, pigs. Yeah, the the greatest military in the on the face of the earth botched an invasion.
1: <laughs> I I understand that. I yeah. mean, I get where you're coming from, but I just it seems like to me, like I said, this connection to like the connection to Jack Ruby is all on like mainly like suspicions or uh, you know because of his profession or whatever. And with Oswald, it's like well.
0: maybe had something like Oswald is very tenuous to the mob and to me it seems I could see the mob approaching him and saying like we're gonna give you a ton of money we're gonna do all this stuff we're gonna make you anyone coming up to Oswald and telling him that he will have power I'm saying I'm wagering a bet Oswald takes that deal sure anytime I would say so yeah
1: but I also feel like Oswald could have arrived at that conclusion on his own without somebody telling it to him
0: right Anyway, um, Andy, I want to ask you a question, and this is a weird one. I don't want it to sound insensitive. Okay. Wait, (laughs) insensitive is where you're from, right? (laughs) (laughs) I already told you, yes. No, no, no. Do you think the Kennedys brought this on themselves? Um, Do you think that they... And I... I don't want that question to come off as insensitive, but do you think they brought this on themselves? Do you think that they I mean, Kennedy, I think, was trying to do good. He wasn't a perfect president. He did things that were wrong. He there was um there's a story about how like some Native American land flooded because of and Kennedy said to like build the dam and then he was like, Yeah, we'll give him some funds to help him relocate. You know, he's done other things that aren't, that, you know, he he cheated on his wife, he had mistresses, he had a drug addiction. Wait, he cheated on his wife? (laughs) (laughs) He he had a lot of female friends. Uh, There's things, but I think in general, most of his policies, modern day folks kind of look back and kind of say, you know, in general, he was a pretty decent guy. The policies he was trying to do. Um, Not everything, but do you think that what is it is it did he bring this on himself making enemies with the wrong people? did he i don't know was he just trying to do the right thing? Was he innocent in this and everyone else it just kind of it's just too much you know there was just all this pressure on him as a man um yeah, he was this war hero uh his boat sank, and he kind of survived and helped his um Helped his crew and stuff, I'm butchering that's that story. You can look that up. BT one hundred and nine. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Um, but you know, like there's just all this pressure on him as a man. But then, like you know, Harvard grad, all this stuff. His father is telling him what to do. He's like, you gotta be, you gotta be great. And it's like he's stuck in this position as the president, or he's like in this position as the president. Just keeps moving up the ladder. Maybe I, before he was maybe before he learned the game a little bit better. Because he was only a senator for how long? Not too long. Um the guy he was in got, his forties when he was the president. He got
1: elected to the US House in like the nineteen fifty six election or something. Yeah. And then I think he got elected to the Senate in fifty eight, which gave him some like national prominence. And then in obviously nineteen sixty he won the presidency. I mean I mean I might be off. It might have been like fifty four or something when he got elected, but I think that I think even his election to the House was to fill like an expired like an unexpired term. Right. Like a special election. So I don't I don't know how long he was even in the House of Representatives.
0: Well, you know offhand. What do you what I mean, what do you make of that? Do you think Kennedy brought this on himself? Do you think the Kennedys I'll say the Kennedys brought this on themselves by being kind of too power hungry, by climbing up that ladder before they could fully understand the game.
1: I I don't think that that's fair. Yeah. Because I think that ultimately the puppet master behind some of these things is is Joe Senior. Yeah. And he was in the game for a long time. He knew what he was doing. I mean, he I I don't know that did they bring it on themselves? Maybe a little bit. Like I mean, at the end of the day, like I think that they we're trying to do the right thing. JFK was. I'll say maybe maybe I'll say that JFK was probably trying to do the right thing in most cases. Um, and his dad, I mean, was probably not all the time trying to do the right thing. He was trying to do the ambitious thing. And that may made have made a caused problems for JFK. But I don't know that it's like JFK's pol- personally culpable for someone assassinating him. Right. Then he brought that on himself. I mean, I think that maybe there are some, the Kennedy family had some, some situations that were like, that they made things worse for themselves. But like at the end of the day, a lot of enemies at the end of the day, like the legal apparatus of the United States going after organized crime shouldn't be seen as right. Like, Oh, you got assassinated because you went after organized crime. Like, I don't think that's a valid, a valid reason that, You know, like, that almost makes the mafia, like, it makes them blameful, but it doesn't, it almost, like, gets them off the hook in a way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not trying to
0: say that. I'm just trying to entertain this question, you know? Yeah,
1: you're almost saying, like, okay, mafia, sure,
0: you did it, but
1: you couldn't help yourselves. (laughs) That's what you guys do. JFK was such an asshole to you. Like, (laughs) you had to kill him. We get
0: it. He well, I mean to die. You know they're just making lots of enemies. Um, yeah, sure. Across the board. I mean, there's the theory of it's Cuban exiles. All these other people. Um
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like I said, they didn't. He didn't make things. He didn't. They make things better for himself. But I think at the end of the day, like I don't think that I'm willing to say, like JFK should have seen this coming. I right. mean, I think, I think that. uh it was probably pretty unexpected.
0: And he, he trusted his secret service. He trusted right. the people under him to protect him and they failed him. Yeah. I think ultimately. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think there was, I think it was like a real failure in just the whole apparatus. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously no president goes in an uncovered limousine anymore. And if they were going to, it would be like, nobody would be allowed in any of the buildings along the route. No. Like, and the crowd would be metered and people wouldn't just be able to show
0: up. Like they would be very tight. And there would be undercover agents dispersed all throughout the crowd. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Reagan even got shot.
1: Yeah. You know, and that's within like the last 30 years. Right. Well,
0: much more than 30 years, Andy. Is it? Has it been more, more
1: 40 years now,
0: 20, 20 years to get to 2000, another 10. When do you get shot? Jeez. Forty years, jeez. Jeez. Okay, you weren't that far off. Well, (laughs) well, anyway, you're ten years off. Anyway, (laughs) uh, anyway, whenever Reagan got shot, ten years ago, it's nineteen nineties.
1: But it's like you know. Then I remember reading something about like uh, George W. and Laura Bush going to dinner at one of their friends' houses when he was president. Yeah. And like the secret service had to come in like weeks before. Oh yeah. And they made like detailed maps of the house and like they set up all this recording equipment and like cameras and stuff and they went into like the neighbors houses and stuff like I mean it's crazy now. The president is never alone now. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's never, never he, he has no none. The only time he can be alone is at the White House. And even then it's like he's not really that alone. Yeah. Cuz there's somebody right outside the door. Right. Uh, I mean, it's in. Then it's like that for the their entire lives, like they have
0: Secret Service forever, like so that extends beyond you know, um. You no, know, and I think I agree. I I don't necessarily think that Kennedy brought this on himself in any way. Um, hey, you want an interesting I, fact? Yeah, what's that?
1: While you're mulling this over, yeah, you know that um, like LBJ died in like. Like 74 or something. Right. Like of a massive heart attack. Yeah. So he hadn't been out of office very long. And at the time, he was the only living ex-president. So when he died, Nixon was the only president or ex-president alive. Oh, wow. Isn't that weird? That is weird. Like when you consider that like now there's like five, like there's the current president plus like four ex-presidents that are still living.
0: Yeah. Like he was the only only Carter's person. still alive, right? Carter's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, that has nothing to do with anything, but I just well, thought thank that was you weird. for that fun fact. Just a fun little tidbit. This was Andy's fun fact corner. Fun fact corner. Check me out on nowhere
0: here. I don't exist. No, just here. keep listening. This, to is our pro- this is Mr. Bunker's property. This is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't own the rights to the corner. <laughs> he has the corner. Uh, anyway, you were saying bring in, bring in on himself. No,
0: I don't think so either. And I. I think that maybe Okay, so you
1: brought this up for no fucking reason. Nobody
0: believes it. Well, I don't I just wanna fucking throw it out there. Cause there are conspiracies that say that when presidents go after the Federal Reserve. Yeah, you know
1: what happens. That's
0: when bad stuff happens. And Kennedy <laughs> went after the Federal Reserve. Yeah. He wanted what did he want to do? He wanted to uh increase US Treasury like printing of money and have like silver um like silver dollars or something or silver bills. He wanted to increase the to decrease the debt that we have to mm-hmm. the Federal Reserve and um, um, increase U.S. Treasury spending or U.S. Treasury he wanted printing. to print more money, yeah, um, rather than borrow it. So, you know, I don't know. Um, that's 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 an interesting thing, but the, those kind of all have like a lot of loose ends. It's like, yeah, he went after the Federal Reserve, yeah
1: okay (laughs) that's one of those classic things where it's like he did do that and then he did die yeah so what (laughs) what's the connection (laughs) i don't know just saying it's interesting like there's a lot of stuff like that in this especially with kennedy because like you said it's like the granddaddy of conspiracy modern (laughs) conspiracy theories and And there's just so many more theories
0: that we didn't even touch on
1: yeah Anything that anyone can think of. And I mean, most of it is just like pure conjecture.
0: Yeah. And there's one that involves like George H.W. Bush. There's one that involves the Israeli government. Yeah. There's all, and there's, it's just so much. Um, I think we've covered most of it. We haven't really talked about um, LBJ. Yeah. Is there anything you want to say about Mr. (laughs) Lyndon BJ? (laughs) What a fucking guy, man. (laughs) Bringing people into the bathroom. Yeah, he was a real fucking asshole. God, he fucking sucked. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Can you imagine having to
0: work with a guy like that? Can you
1: imagine, like, you're just, you're like a member of the House of Representatives and you've, like, cultivated this life in politics and you're, like, a powerful, like, voice. And he's, like, invites you to the White House and you're like, oh, I'm going to get a meeting with LBJ. And he's fucking taking a shit the whole time. You're trying to talk to him.
0: And he didn't have, like, a very deep voice either. He had, like, a nasally, like, Texas accent. Yeah,
1: he's kind of talked like that. Yeah,
0: he's like hang on, let me drop a fucking fat steamer into this toilet bowl. You keep talking to me about it. Hold on, I got a funding shit you on get. But he had the dick. But he's just he, one of these classic, like, he's a classic sociopath fucking... Um, yeah. I mean,
1: let's be honest, great candidate for president. <laughs> I mean, like, that's
0: that's, that's... that's what you gotta that's be. That's what it takes. That's what you gotta be. Yeah, that's what it takes. Um... What do you what do you make of of the conspiracy involving him? I you mean, know, he was
1: an ambitious guy. He was super ambitious, and I think that I think that it's interesting because I think that he's always at odds with every Kennedy because he's the same he's the same way that they are, except yeah. they're like like the like okay the Bushes are like the perfect marriage of the Kennedys and the LBJs. Yes, right where it's like there's this like Texas angle and also this like. They're these Southern good old boys. This Northeastern high society kind of yes. part of it. And like the Kennedys were pure Hyannisport. sport, and like they're both like climbers in the government. They're ambitious. They're headstrong. They want to get their way. It's like there's it's no wonder that they didn't get along. And, you know, JFK didn't like LBJ. They never liked each other. Bobby Kennedy didn't like him. Nobody liked the LBJ. No. <laughs> he got on the ticket because they wanted Texas like they needed they wanted his connections. And, you know, when he became vice president, he didn't like it. He like asked to go back to doing Senate work because yeah. he, didn't he wanted like, the
0: power. He wanted to, like, do that. Shit. He wanted and to go you, back. to. I think he wanted to be the majority leader again. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: He wanted to go back to being majority leader because wanted
0: to whip the votes.
1: Yeah. He didn't want to be vice president where you don't do anything uh, unless there's a tie. Yeah. Which if the. Senate's doing its job. There probably won't be a tie. Right. So, I mean, he ends up not liking it, but I don't know. It's like is it motivation to like organize a hit on the president? I mean, you know, it's it's interesting that he you, got he got sworn in on the flight back like yeah. he didn't well, like
0: I kind of liken that up to him just being an asshole. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like cool. I'm going to be president. Yeah, let me do it as soon as possible. Let's let's do
1: it. We don't want a constitutional crisis here. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, he might have thought that way, and I don't think
0: in front of fucking Jackie (laughs) Kennedy too. She's
1: holding the Bible. I think on the airplane, covered in blood. Yeah, yeah, the coat's still covered in blood. And I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's like I just don't, I don't see that it's so compelling to me that he would have organized
0: this. But we talked about this before. You feel that. In politics, and this is not a stretch to say that in politics, people are always looking to move up the ladder. Yeah, and that if anybody had any connection to anything about LBJ calling out a hit on the president, they would take that to take LBJ down and move themselves up.
1: Yeah, it's like you're telling me That's that you, LBJ yeah. could organize this on his own, and it never came out in right. No one leaked a the fucking thing. Like because. I think that did the select committee happen after he died? I can't remember the timing. Oh, what year was fuck. it?
0: Let me look it up. All right,
1: we we'll get an answer for this. The House listeners.
0: Select Committee on Assassinations. Uh
1: 1976. Oh, so LBJ died in 1969. Oh, no, wait. Sorry. Uh he died in uh uh All right, I got to look it up. I thought I was going to get it easily, but I didn't. He died in 1973. So he was already dead for years when the select committee. You would have been scot free. Nobody had any reason to protect him still. Right. Other than the legacy of the former president. But if you didn't like him that much,
0: if LBJ had secret technology to put invisible bomb collars (laughs) on anyone who knew anything about his hit on the president, (laughs) which is my theory. Yeah. Aha. Art's hot take corner. Mr. Bunker, are you listening to this? No, I and I think sometimes I disagree with you when you bring that up. Okay, thank you. But at the same time- I appreciate your candor. Well, I, I you always just assume that, and I, I agree with you that I think most politicians are power-hungry sociopaths. I think you have to be. <laughs> you have to be. There's a,
1: There has to be- In business
0: you, and in politics, that's what you gotta be. <laughs> you need this angle of narcissism because- oh, yeah.
1: Because if, like, humility doesn't always benefit you in those cases. No. And, I mean, honestly, humility's probably- uh, uh, a characteristic that I admire a lot in politicians, but I mean, it's very it's, rare. It's not, I mean, cause you have to want it, right? Yeah. You have to ask to be elected. They don't just pick you out of the blue.
0: You have to look at the situation and say, I can do this better. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a good deal of e- egotism, but I think in this case, you're right that with, with LBJ dead, there's no fucking reason to protect him anymore. And no one had anything to say about him. And LBJ was an asshole. Yeah. Like people, people, people would have what a a fucking [SSSSS1] when he was alive
1: when he was alive people probably were afraid of him but when he's dead who fucking cares like just (laughs) you could be like yeah that guy fucking shit on everything and like yeah he killed Kennedy yeah for sure he did it like I think if somebody had even a remote like opportunity to throw that out there and I mean I know that the mistress like said that because that party was like the night before the yeah the and, in
0: attendance was him richard nixon and, and j edgar hoover and j edgar hoover yeah. and it's like okay <laughs> yeah i don't know
1: i don't know it's like i mean i know that hoover was no kennedy kennedy's fan yeah himself and you know nixon for sure wasn't but it's like i mean to me those people wouldn't have done that they would have they wouldn't have I don't think that it, I think that people like that, it's not satisfying to like have somebody murdered. It's satisfying to like bury them on their own. Yeah. To so win like, the election. So like LBJ was probably like, beat them out. Kennedy got shot and then his boner probably got so hard and he was like, <laughs> I'm the fucking president. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. it probably like, I mean, seriously, like he probably had that reaction of like, oh fuck, yeah. I'm going to be the president. And like. I mean, that's probably way more satisfying to him than being like, yeah, I fucking killed that piece of trash.
0: Yeah. He probably sat there and was probably like, yeah, he fucking brought it on himself, that motherfucker. He's probably probably the one who sat there. This was how things must... Stupid idiot should have listened to me more. Mm Should have done the things I said. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Should have gotten involved in Vietnam. Should have done the thing. But that's where it kind of comes back to. Like, LBJ did all these things that he wanted to do that kind of, in a way, protected him. Like, you could look and say, like, oh... He amplified conflict in Vietnam. He he's he's letting the military industrial complex do its thing. Yeah, you know, make of that what you will. Politics are weird, man. <laughs> it's just so much like they're just such fucking. I mean, uh, it's, I mean, honestly, it's like if you hate it.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, what's everybody's opinion of Nixon? That Nixon sucked, right? Yeah, Nixon ended the Vietnam War. Nixon opened up relations that with a crook. He opened up relations with China. He like was good with Russia. He visited Russia. We had that like led to the end of the Cold War. Right. Nixon did a lot of things that were awful. Yeah. <laughs> but he did. He did some things. I mean, God that's too. the thing. It's like humans are complicated. Right. We leave complicated legacies. Nobody is ever one thing this or Especially one thing that.
0: Especially politicians yeah, at the okay. highest. Wait, what? Especially JFK. <laughs> Especially JFK. He's uh, exemplifies
1: that, I think. Yeah. But, and this is where I'll say way back to the beginning, he died young, so he didn't have to deal with the fallout of all this stuff. It sure. never got to the point where people were honestly reflecting on him, his performance as a president and saying, I was really disappointed by that. He never had a chance to disappoint people. That's true. He, he, he died before he could be a big disappointment. God, uh, not something I can say. Yeah. If only if only we could all be so lucky. I've and he was older than me, but I've disappointed <laughs> literally everybody in my life. I would have had to die as a child.
0: Even even your birth was the, just jury's, the yeah. most
1: disappointing birth. I was ever. I actually was was breach, which means I was coming backwards. And they you couldn't to, even be born they right. They had to do a C-section on my mom. Also, I was a month and a half early. So,
0: you're welcome, mom. Wow, we couldn't be polar opposites. I was like 10 years late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember
1: reading those news headlines about 10-year-old <laughs> baby born in
0: Illinois. No, I I was um I think I was I was supposed to be like a I could this could be fucking wrong. I think I was supposed to be a Christmas baby, but I didn't come out till February. No, that's wrong. That's impossible. That's
1: that's really late. Two months. No,
0: I. But I think I was very late, and I didn't want to. A
1: thing that's true about art. Since oh then. yeah.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> so many breakfasts between <laughs> you and I. Have you,
1: have you ever had to try to plan a meal with art? <laughs>
0: I'm going to show up late. Just plan for it. And I'm going to say that it's fashionable. Um. Anyway, I think we've covered almost everything there is to talk about. Um. Sometimes I think it's fun to imagine if you were Abraham Zapruder.
1: God, can you imagine I, that guy has nerves of steel. I would have fucking thrown that camera to the ground and just ducked. Like, oh really? I. Well, you know, I guess there's this aspect too of the crowd noise, like we talked about. Maybe he didn't like really understand what was going. I on. I don't.
0: If I was filming it, I don't think I would have understood that stuff was happening. Yeah. Let's think about it. You're so focused. He's looking through the lens of this old school kind of camera. It's not like it's not like this was a
1: phone right. where he's holding it out in front of him and then he can look away and stuff. Like yeah. if he wants
0: to keep shooting, he's got to like keep his eye in it. He's got to look into it. And uh I think he was so focused on getting a real good shot and a real good angle. But uh man, he's the one who fucking lucked out. I mean, he gets to be famous for taking a photo or taking be, a video. I'll be honest, I can't see the umbrella man in that video. I've looked and looked and looked and I can't see it. It might be in a different part. I don't know. You know, it, here's the thing. And it's like people, even when they were discussing, it's like, you could see in frame 225, Kennedy is clearly hurt. I'm kind of like, was he? Well, I mean, I think it's frame like 313. Very clear. <laughs> very clear. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. When it's, it looks like a watermelon exploding, it literally looks like a Gallagher routine. Uh, no, I think you can tell in 225 when they come out behind the sign, because Kennedy's kind of like his hands are up by his neck, like he's clutching his chest and throat. Oh, okay. Like, to me, it looks... You can tell that he's hurt. And then, you know, it's like, again, a few more frames later, then you can see, like, Connolly start to be like, what the...
0: <laughs> <laughs> My fucking nipple! Jesus Christ! Christ oh, no, God damn! <laughs> Ooh! Holy baby! <laughs> Woo! <Whoa. laughs> Go Longhorns! <laughs> Go Mavericks! Woo! <laughs> Sweet hot brisket that hurts! <laughs> Great
1: Texas tea. Woo. I'm going to be hunting javelinas with this bullet. Aye, aye, aye. He said all those things. <laughs> he just, And you can hear it clearly in the film. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to the Zapruder film with the volume up. <laughs> Ooh, give me some of that pecan pie, Nelly. That's the real conspiracy. Why did Zapruder have lavalier mics on <laughs> everybody in the car? Yeah, like he knew... How did he get such good audio? <laughs> um Yeah, no, I I think that uh it would be it would have been I mean, like it had to be so wild being Zapruder, and then it's like you're the only person with that like that angle of
0: of this event. There's allegedly other films that are unreleased, right that it wasn't
1: the one, uh do I remember this right that the Warren Commission reviewed, but it has never been released, or was that the Select Committee on Assassinations that reviewed it? I can't remember. There's some I there's some film Warren. that the
0: government reviewed, but yeah, and it's then, never like, the, been released. The granddaughter of the person who took it sued the government for it. And yeah. That's also, there's also some other shady shit. Like there's documents related to this case that have never been released. Yeah. And they continue to not be released. Every president pretty much since um 1992 there's certain things that under the direction of the fbi and the cia they are told to not release these documents and yeah. pretty much every president since then Just is, does it yeah is, yeah has listened you know maybe that's some stuff about who knows we'll get a new family jewels operation in a
1: couple of years <laughs> yeah well i mean it's one of those things where it's like it might it might relate to something that's ongoing like there may be some thing. I don't know. Who knows? Aliens. Um. <laughs> That's their sound. <laughs> we are aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the music from uh, Close New Encounters third of the Third Kind, right? Third. <laughs>
0: What's up, dudes? We're aliens. I think it's really interesting that in that movie they chose to greet the aliens with a kitar. <laughs> yeah, that's the instrument we want to be known for—the kitar, not the cello or the piano or the loop. A giant, or a, a giant
1: like Simon game, a light-up, huge light-up synthesizer.
0: Check this out. Yeah, we're humans. <laughs> And it's like, oh, fuck. Let's get out of oh, here. Lord, there's
1: no culture on this planet. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, Andy, is there any last thoughts before we get to our verdicts that you want to talk about?
1: Um, The only thing that I'm going to say to bring this full circle is that uh, incompetence. That you're from the Bay Pigs. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm a stinky, smelly pig that rolls around in my own filth and I'll eat anything anybody puts <laughs> in front of me. Jeez. Yikes! Are you happy now? I, uh, I touched a nerve. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only thing I want to say is that uh, the level of incompetence in the handling of the pre-assassination and post-assassination events um, has only served to foster an environment in which so many conspiracy theories could could coexist. Uh, if there had been A more competent handling both before and after the event of the assassination. I think that we could be in a world today in which there is no conspiracy about JFK in which the truth was known and well documented.
0: That is um, very well put. Thank you. I didn't even write that down. That was off the top of my head. Wow. Well, you know what they say.
1: Pigs are smart. <laughs> Folks, uh, come to Chicago. Spend your money on classes at the Second City. <laughs> uh, it will change your life. For the worse. Uh,
0: I hate myself. <laughs> just kidding. Please put Andy and I on the main stage. <laughs> Please. We need this. We deserve it. Thank you, Art. We don't need it. We do need it, but we also deserve
1: <laughs> it and have earned it.
0: no. Andy and I did not even make it into the conservatory.
1: No, we were. I was yes, turned down we twice. Okay, twice. One time, I had the flu when I did it. And Listeners, it wasn't my fault. It was a
0: bad sight. I got to tell you, I Whew. shit my pants. Did you? No, I thought you did. No, but you I was. I you looked, were close. I was real sweaty and pale. You were bad. Yeah. I mean, I still remember how you looked. You were so pale. You were sweating, and I felt bad. I was like, "Damn it, Andy." I took public transit there, too. Like, oh, my
1: God. I was a long time on the train,
0: like, just getting there. It was a bad sight. Yeah. I think we both had terrible conditions. I don't remember it. <laughs> I don't either. I don't want to. <laughs> All right. Here's one thing I do want to remember, and the listeners want to remember, is our verdicts. Oh, boy. You want to go first? Oh, sure. I'm happy to go first. Okay. Uh, listeners, there's a lot here,
1: and I know, I know what the titular bunker wants us to, to tell you he wants us to tell you that there's some conspiracy and more than likely he wants us to tell you that the CIA pulled off this uh, assassination of JFK. But I've got to be honest with you after examining the evidence that exists, I am led to the conclusion that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. Okay. That's number one. I am led to the conclusion That Lee Harvey Oswald fired the fatal shot that killed President Kennedy. Okay. And prior to that, also fired the fatal shot, the shot that was not fatal, (laughs) that pierced Kennedy's neck and then went into uh, Governor Connolly's body.
0: So just to recap. One, you believe, confirmed, Oswald shot him and acted alone. Two, single bullet theory is true. I... Okay, let me you're just You're confirming say, both those things.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let me just say this. I think I am in agreement with the Warren Commission. I think that... They
0: somehow got it right, is I, what you're saying.
1: Yeah. I think that despite the fact that they didn't do the things they should have done, that I think that Arlen Specter came up with the correct hypothesis. And I think that, if anything, modern's ballistic forensic ballistics testing bears that out. That the Carcano bullet is capable of of flying because of its... The peculiarities in its design and its function, it is capable of taking a very
0: straight flight path. The bullet as because of its round shape and it doesn't have that it's lack of a, a conical shape. Right. It 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 the grooves of a gun barrel is able to hold on to the full bullet instead of just the heel of the bullet. Yeah. And the way it shoots out is like a fucking laser beam.
1: Yeah, instead of regular bullets,
0: which waver just a bit because bullets conical.
1: Normal bullets are, you know, the rifling in the barrel is right. spinning the bullet, and the bullet is just being the part that's getting held by the rifling is just the base heel. of the bullet, the yes. heel of the yeah. bullet, and so the front, the tip is yawing. So when it comes out of the gun, it's it's wiggling. Right now, I mean, it obviously has like a you know the trajectory of it is not like so wild that right. it's just going to fly still off.
0: Flying at nine miles rifling, an hour, the
1: rifling makes it go. Fairly straight but it's wobbling So when it hits the target it may just like Deflect and, and turn right away Right. But the or the shattered. Carcano The unique shape of the bullet And the fact that it's got the full metal jacket Means that when it strikes It strikes in very straight It leaves a very small Entry point and Likely unless it hits something very hard Which uh, in the case of JFK's skull it did But yeah. not in the case of his neck Right and so when it comes out though, the the physics of the exit wound cause it to yaw. Right. And then it just starts end over end flipping, which then helps explain. I mean, it's still got a huge velocity. Yeah. So three feet is nothing. No. Like JFK's neck didn't slow it down that much, but it's flipping end over end and then just flicks right into Connolly's back. And then it's still going so fast. It just I mean like, this thing is, is strong. Like, obviously, yeah. this bullet is very strong. Yeah. It cracks his ribs and busts out through his chest, and then it goes into his wrist, which, like you said, the wrist bones are nowhere near as strong yes. as bones of the skull. Daint, dainty little wrist. His, his famously tiny, effeminate, <laughs> uh, weak, <laughs> uh, like, basically gelatin wrists.
0: Uh John Connolly's known, you know, for this. the stereotype of the Texan. You know these these Texas guys. <laughs> he
1: had huge hands, but his wrists were completely just <laughs> his hands just fall down. There's no support from the wrist at all, so it just crashes through his wrist, and then the thigh bone is much stronger. And by then, it's like passed through a whole bunch of stuff, and so it just lodges right there because there's nowhere else for it to go. And you know the the forensic ballistics. I mean, I'm telling you, that changed my whole opinion. Me too. I was I was of the mindset that there was probably a second shooter on the grassy knoll, or like I was very skeptical of Lee Harvey Oswald acting alone. I was too. But everything that they did in forensics and reconstructing this, the Warren Commission somehow got it right to me. So I don't think that there was a conspiracy. And if I if there was a conspiracy, I'm going to say this: I think that it was
0: it was probably mafia related. The CIA okay.
1: could have been involved, but I'm now what
0: are you giving the mob theory? Are you giving it plausible, highly plausible, plausible minus, confirmed or no, no deal. Uh, I'm Those gonna, are your options. The mob theory. I'm going to give it.
1: Uh, okay, we're and we're saying plausible is like the middle of the scale. Oh, yeah. we have had this issue before. The middle of the scale is plausible. Okay, <laughs> so not plausible minus. So I'm going to give it plausible minus. Okay, like, to me, it's between. It's it's not it's not not plausible. And I think the CIA theory is also plausible minus, but less plausible than the mob theory to me. But the two could be intertwined. And I think that if you're going to ask me just for a verdict on, could they be intertwined? I would say it's plausible, but overall it's still plausible minus for the whole thing. The theory that uh, the, the hypothesis that, that Oswald acted alone and it wasn't part of a conspiracy. I think based on the evidence, I give that plausible plus. I don't think it's, I think because of the incompetence factor, it's not case closed. But I think that had there been more competence in the handling of this, we could have probably gotten to case closed. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, excuse me. We um sorry bunker. Sorry bunker. We let's excuse me, I'm burping. Um we got to get to we got to wrap things up here. Um so I will give my summation. 1. Oswald shot and killed the president confirmed i'm I'm in agreement with you okay oswald shot and killed him okay that yeah third shot that fatal third shot killed the president correct yeah two single bullet theory also confirmed whoa you're saying you said you, the same thing yeah okay you said it's true
1: okay i'll say it's confirmed yeah no that's what you said yeah that's fair. Let the record show. Let it show. I
0: did say that. I'm confirmed of the single bullet theory. I'm sorry. I, I was extrapolating, and I shouldn't have done that. Well, I should have just taken. Exactly I'm gonna fucking. I'm gonna bring out my big black umbrella and tip my hat to you as to as a way to to protest you. Protest me appeasing you, fucking pig. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Single bullet. He's theory. so amused by this. <laughs> single bullet. It's
1: disgusting.
0: I'm a pig myself. Talk
1: about someone who's wallowing in his self-aggrandizement. You <laughs> got a regular freaking LBJ here. Hey,
0: we got to wrap things up here. Single bullet theory. True. I'm going to say true as well. At mm-hmm. first, I was just like you. I said, there's no way. The ballistics video. I've heard about the magic bullet before, and I was like, that's so stupid. Yeah. But the ballistics, man. I'm it, telling you, it's so compelling. It's really hard. Yeah. Mob theory. Plausible. Mm-hmm. Second shooter, plausible minus. CIA, plausible. Okay. LBJs, I think we both have ruled out. Yeah. So the idea that maybe it's the CIA and the mob kind of in tandem, also plausible. Yeah. I can't rule out these conspiracies. I think I I almost, I had written down highly plausible for mob. Yeah. It really just, and it, it seems like maybe they had a second shooter. Maybe, you know, I could see a mobman, like some kind of expert assassin, maybe just there to make sure that Oswald did the deed or make sure that the job got done and he's able to escape. Maybe he wasn't even on the Grassy Knoll. Maybe he was somewhere else, you know? People just assume it was the Grassy Knoll. Yeah. Because they said they heard stuff coming from there. But I
1: think that the, I think the Zapruder film is probably where that gets to, isn't People think that because Kennedy like arches back. You know, and there's the explosion on the right side of right. his skull that people just assume that the fatal shot came from
0: that way. But that's you got not all how it the works. mob connections too. I just think that the mob have the motive, they have the history of carrying out stuff like this, and uh, they have the means to do it. So yeah. I, I think I almost want to switch to highly plausible for them. Maybe I can do a little bit above plausible. So plausible, not plausible plus plausible plus. That's what I'll do. But Andy, like you, I am in agreement. The incompetencies of everyone involved are the real killer. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Oswald would not have even been a factor if they had just communicated with one another. Yeah. If the if the FBI had said, "Hey, by the way, we're watching this guy named Oswald. He works here. You guys might want to keep an eye on him." Yeah, he tried to kill someone else, assassinate someone with this dumb rifle. <laughs> yeah, he's a known communist sympathizer, and he's got a he's he loves to murder people. He's tried it. He's got a knack for it. Yeah, <laughs> I I think that's the real killer is the incompetencies. I think JFK would have survived. Yeah, I mean, fuck. Even if they had had some secret service in the fucking car, Oswald missed the first fucking shot. Yeah. What if there couldn't they just had like a secret service agent in the car behind Kennedy ducks over him, keeps him cover. It, it really seems like the secret service wasn't aware. Why would they have him in the driver's seat? What does that fucking help with? (laughs) He's driving past all these people. Someone could have so easily just pulled out a gun and just shot him as the car passed by. Yeah. Didn't have to be up in some thing. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's, from our modern perspective, it seems so insane. Yeah, but that was the reality in 1960. They didn't think that someone would carry this out. I guess, right? To be fair, in 1963. Sorry, sorry, 1963. Um, to be fair to history, we should be fair to history. I'm sorry, History Channel. <laughs> Thank you for Ancient Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> this is all your fault, <laughs> listeners. That's our verdict. Please. If you don't like it, you can frickin' suck yeah. it. Suck it. No, seriously. Sucky is.
1: No, seriously. Uh let us know what you think. We want to know what you guys think. Let us I mean, this is everybody's got an opinion. Let us know what you think.
0: What did we get right? What did we get wrong? Uh um, completely lay us out for the shit we said. Fucking warn commission our asses so yeah. hard. <laughs> Do a commission on our ass. <laughs> Please, would someone commission We've our asses? Been begging it, hit us up. Use the hashtag. You got one? You want me to? Yeah, go for it. JF killed.
1: Oh boy, is that a good one? Uh, sure.
0: Okay, use the hashtag JF killed. Or, or wait,
1: or maybe JF
0: knowledge. How about you? How about JF knowledge? Use the hashtag JFKnowledge. Tweet at us, at MrBunkerPod. Email us at MrBunkerPod at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know what you thought about the episode. Um, This was a thick one, listeners. Congrats. (laughs) Thank you for making it this far. If you got all the way through, congrats. I hope that we uh, did you justice. And we've got, folks, uh, we're open 24 hours with these steaming hot piles of enchiladas. We'll be back with part two possibly we never know every time we hit we hit stop it might be the last
1: i can't i can't wait to hear the elaborate because now we know it's coming
0: that's right he's gonna have to get us real good
1: yeah we'll be ready for it
0: um i mean we've already known it's coming so he'll probably be easy allegedly we're going to be covering um bobby kennedy's bobby kennedy's assassination and and maybe talking about how it links to jfk Mm,
1: you have to stay tuned
0: Stay tuned listeners. All right. Well Just keep
1: listening to this on repeat for a week until that's I'm...
0: right. And uh, I guess the, the, that's how it goes. So uh, for the titular Mr. Bunker and for my stupendous co-host Andy Hart, I'm Arthur Stone saying that was the whole enchilada.
1: Thank you for our, uh, joining us. Yummy. Thank you.